Oh, what's this? Is this refried beans? Yeah. Oh! Back to healthy. James is stocking up. Did you see what was in his living room? No. It's one of those, like, you know those um, good for the environment but aren't shopping carry bags? Yeah. Just filled maybe 30 cans of, like, beef stew, like, you know those, like, soup stew things you get? Yeah. Yeah, the beef master ones or whatever. Yeah, whatever like, they're extra super chunky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, chunky. Campbell's chunky or whatever. Yeah. That's nature's super food. They're on special, dollar sixty each. <laughs> How much are they Normally usually? Three thirty. Oh, it's two dollars saving. No wonder you had to buy so many of them, James. If your teeth start getting loose, why you've eat got an you've got scurvy and you need to eat. No, an they have each can has oh, five, <laughs> <it's mortified>. has <laughs> five <laughs> serves of veggies in it. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, just one can. Why don't you just... and you have three cans? You'll be like. Super cans. Oh! oh! Careful! Careful! <laughs> killing me here. <laughs> I got bathers. That'll mop it up real good. Yeah, so yeah. welcome to... Fanging around, round, round. Ring, ding, 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 ding. We're here out in the paddock, in the fang paddock. Uh, we've got a couple of quad bikes. It's a thrash paddock. Uh, Holden Premier and a um, Ford FPV. <laughs> Fucking 96 yeah. model, mate. No, we don't have any of those things. We're in a shed wrapped in tinfoil to keep us safe from the. Snooping satellites are here overhead. This is episode 25 of the Fang Round Podcast, part two, because, well, we tried to record episode 25 like two weeks ago and it completely failed. Although no, we are, my half record. This is true. It so, was only a 20 minute show anyway. So it, it was a microcast. I thought it was one of our best, actually. I know. This is going to be like the lost episodes of Doctor Who, you know? Mm. How there's those lost ones where the BBC was just like, oh, we'll just tape over it. Yeah, yeah. And now people are like, whoa. I know. Um, This will be one of those. Um, Recording this on the 8th of October, 2012. Um, There's a bit of a difference. We have to introduce ourselves, but someone's name has changed. Is that correct? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm James. I'm Campbell. I'm Fred. Aren't you Dr. Fred now? Oh, yeah. Oh. Fred, he's I don't officially like, a doctor. I don't like to like... Are you officially or do you have to get your name no. done by Depot? I'm officially. Cool. They conferred it. Right. The lady at the thing turned around and conferred it upon us. Harry oh, Potter style. Lightning bolt. Did you, was there a, a sorting passport? hat? You what? haven't seen Harry Potter, have you? Yeah. No. Did you get a new Wizard. passport? No. Have your name changed on oh, no. it? What? Don't are you going to sign anyway? it? I don't think they say that on your passport. Are you going to write it, though? When they ask you, Mr. Mrs. Doctor, yeah. you're going to like write doctor. doctor? If anybody calls me Mr., I'll just be like, look, I didn't go to university for 10 years to be called But how Mr. would anyone know if you don't have any ID that has doctor? Just oh. my air of academia, hmm. intelligence, and Ability to save people's lives. Yeah. Um, you don't get a special, one kind of doctor. You don't get a special card. Oh, yeah, but you guys can't see it. Oh. Why? Because we're not doctors. doctors. Is it just a blank card yeah. for us? <laughs> we just... Yeah. Yep, it's yeah. got the details of the secret clubhouse we go to, oh, to hang cool. out. Is there a handshake? Yeah. I can't show you that either. Whenever I fill out forms, I always tick the mistress box. <laughs> There's a mm-hmm. Mr. Mrs. Dean Archbishop. I always tick mistress. Mm. Have you guys ever done, what are your, they do? done your E-tax? Yeah. Have all the all the options it's, that you can be? Mm-hmm. Commodore, bishop, like, mm. like viscount. 
it's Vice everything. Re, yeah. Vice Chancellor. But it's the tax, right? So you don't want to. So they can tax you screw, properly. Screw with them. Hmm. So I've only done my tax in 12 years. Guess how many times I've done my tax? Four. I tweeted it, yeah. <laughs> I read your tweet. So don't take tax advice from me. Yeah, so ATO, Why, that, if um, you're listening. <laughs> Is that because you're just bad at doing taxes? Or? Yep. Or are you below the taxable threshold? Uh, I was on a tax-free free scholarship, so I, my tax return was like $16 or something, so I can't be bothered, basically. Yeah. But aren't you just meant to do it anyway? Yep. Okay. So now I've got to do eight tax returns this year. <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> Is that so you can leave the country? Yeah. They probably won't let you leave. I'm scared. Will they? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to phone them up and be like, "Hi, I haven't done my tax return last year." And the guy like looks through it. He's Actually, like, sir, <laughs> is it true? You did it in two thousand and one, and then you missed like two. <laughs> is it true that the money you earn in the states you don't have to pay towards your hex? Yep, they can't tax me on that. If I don't come back, I never have to pay off my hex. Oh. Free ride. Brain drain. Talk about. It. Yeah. Yep. So Take my hard-earned tax, hard-paying dollars taxing, hmm. go yep. to you. My free education, suckers. Free education. Yep. Great. Wicked. You know what would stop the brain and drain? And boat people. <laughs> you know what would stop the brain drain? What, James? If Australia had a space program. It's true. I don't think that's true. Um, it's true. Oh, Fred, Neil if you de- could do stuff in space. Neil deGrasse Tyson is on the campaign to just put one penny of every tax dollar towards NASA. Yep. And uh, I think Australia should do the same. How much is a penny? It should, be, oh, okay, one should be for science in general, not just this space garbage. No, but can't you just snowball all science into the space mm. program? Yeah. So you're doing everything no, in like, space. How would you justify the, light, the Large Hadron Collider for space? It's, it just doesn't make any sense. Right, but people... Teleportation. <clears throat> They, like. they saw something teleport, didn't yeah. they? Don't they yeah. want to use that technology to do that? No. And then they go, what happens is if people go, oh, I want to go to space and I'll study this. And then they go into space program and they do their stint there. And then they go, oh, I want a different job. They'll go, oh, what, what's other cool stuff's happening in Australia? You know? What? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't follow that either. Did I no, so I mean, it keeps them in the country. So instead of going... Oh, I'm in Australia. I want to go work on the Hadron Collider. I have to move to the Hadron Collider. What if you don't want... Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Because you still go to the Large Hadron Collider. If you wanted to work on rockets No, but all these people... That's what happens is... Like, if you see Apple, all these other startups, successful startups in America, they all came from Apple because they met while they're working at Apple and they just I built don't have teams. Headphones. Yeah. They built teams and they got to know each other working on this thing so that if the Australian version of NASA... All these challenges are doing cool stuff, and then they finish a project, and they're like, oh, what should we do now? Oh, they start talking to each other and say, oh, let's start our own business and do something cool in science that's yeah, but different, rather than now they're never going to meet because they all go their separate ways <laughs> off to Europe. You yeah. need a way to get people together working together, and the moment we have CSIRO, and that's about it. Yeah, but it doesn't matter where you put the money. It doesn't have to be for space, right? You can just put it into science. No, but it has to be... Inspirational it has to be like no. something. Yeah, no, it's got to be big. Yeah, no. it's got to be a goal that people like. I want to be in the space yeah. program. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's inspirational. You know, because no one says, "Fred." Imagine if uh, they came to Levering your Fred and they said, 
uh, would you like to spend, you know, 10 years trying to make a, a laser system work to make time more efficient to a tenth of a percent? I don't even know what, what your I've, project was. That's what I've done. Yeah. I know. <laughs> would, you, would you be like, oh, that sounds boring? No. That's what I did. Huh? Yeah, but... Yeah, how did that? No, but what if, if I tell, if I tell, <laughs> what if someone asks you, what if you, you no, did you do what, what you no, did for that, that long was, and like that was after you're like you gave up on engineering. You're like, oh, what else got to do? I might as well do this. Later. Yeah, because this was way more exciting than engineering. Space is just engineering. Right? You don't discover anything. Oh, what? Take that, NASA engineers. Hmm. Hmm. No, but my point is that you can have all this money for science, and then you're like, friend, this magic friends get together, like, sweet, we want to do some money, we need to like do some other science, and the government says, no, we spend all our money on that rocket ship. Yeah, which employed X people, and we discovered this. No, thing but the government had to says that, but then industry. then they form businesses, like Dragon. Yeah, that's exceptionally SpaceX. Yeah, where do you think SpaceX gets its gets its uh, staff from? Um, staff from probably probably all X NASA employees. Yeah, but where does it get its money from? Government Fine. now. Where does it get its money from? It launches satellites and stuff like that for commercial partners. Does it? Huh. That's all these space companies. How do you think these space companies make money? Yeah, I don't think Australia can compete. Oh, pick we- something else. See, the problem with like science in Australia, we can't. We have to pick a niche and be the best at that niche. You can't be like we're going to put them out on the moon because we're not. Because we're what a about, tiny little country. What about deep right, sea? but Japan's Japan's been put, trying to do all this stuff with asteroids, and now it has a space program. It has a capsule and space station. It has its own launch system. Yeah, but they've been going for the past whatever ISS, years. And now it's like, you know, whatever. I don't China's know. made a big push in the mm. space. They want to put a man on the moon. Yeah. No, I see. I think space is it's it's good, but it's not really truly scientific a lot of it's just engineering no, it's just yeah, trying to make we're not work. looking for that you're looking for something that gets people to study it so that once they've studied it then you have now this knowledge base of people who are really good at science <laughs> yeah but that's like just really good at science is a bit too generic yeah we have a lot of aeronautical engineers and computer technicians and whatever else mm-hmm. right but if you become that's an aeronautical like engineer robots, and you know. get together and come and, and be part of you know, Whoa. the next Concorde, right? That's actually commercially viable. That would completely nah, change Concord. the entire. It's all blimps now. Um, <laughs> that would change the completely change the entire in, uh, aerospace. But you can go to Queensland and join the rocket team. They got a hyper hyperspeed rocket team up there. Oh, uh, is that land based? No. It's a, what do you guys it's think a, about they land They're not speed doing records. anything because they have no goal. Uh, whatever. I don't we don't know. hear. Why do we keep hearing about NASA going sending some crappy little robot to Mars, but not nothing else? Because it's not. It's not. It has to be. No. It has to be something big. It has to be a real big goal to say we're going to do this, and then that's what happened. What Kennedy got up there and said we're going to do this. Yeah, George W. Bush got up and said we're going to put a man on Mars by 2040. Oh, that uh, was no. such a. Such that's, a crap goal. That's, 2040. That's 40 years. He said, oh, I'm going to do it in the decade. That's when things happen when you set. Yeah, no, and they the hadn't sent anyone anywhere. He's like, I'm going to be dead in 2040, so I can say whatever I want because yeah. no one's going well, to say I'm going to be oh, out of office you? in eight years. Yeah. Who's going to hold me accountable yeah. for some stupid shit I said that's once? Exactly it. But you're acting Kennedy like- was like, we're going to do this like in the next. Was it? It wasn't. He didn't even have 10 years because he said within mm. this decade. Yeah. And they hadn't sent anyone fucking anywhere. Yeah, but they had the Soviets up their ass, so that's why they got it together. So, like, that's mind-blowing. From from not being able to send anyone into space to being able to send someone on the moon and being, like, doing burnouts up there, 
That is just the most mental thing ever. James is acting like there's all these scientists, just all these people thinking about studying, just sitting around and being like, oh, I'm just so uninspired. No. I've got all this money to spend on these science projects. I'm so bored. I'll just spend it on like this really boring project about like what's a st- boring what, what stuff. What are Australian kids going now, right? They're going, if they're interested in science, what do they study? They started mining mineralogy or anything, whatever that can get some a job on the mines because that's the that's a pile of bullshit. Thing. There's plenty of science graduates. And they yeah, get no and where jobs. are they going? They're yeah. going overseas to where? Where are you going, Fred, to get a job? Yeah, brain drain. Great, Fred. Thanks I'm a lot. Going to Colorado. Oh. And you're not going to pay your hex back. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I'm a, I'm a monster. <laughs> we, the taxpayers, are paying for your education. So we've invested in Colorado, essentially. Yeah. No, because I'm going to go to Colorado and I'm going to brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to brain drain them. So I'm going to learn all this high quality. Cutting-edge science yeah. in America, and I'm going to bring it back to Australia. No, but what if you meet an American girl, and like you oh, fall in love, and you get married, and you're stuck there forever? Whatever, James. Take it up with the Minister for Science. Contact the Colorado Take it Institute that he's going to be working yeah, at and say, even... watch out for this Fred Baines. He's got a huge debt back in Australia, and we're going to collect it. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, could you get a bounty hunter on it? <laughs> Dog <laughs> Anyway, so Fred, I wanted to ask you a question. <laughs> Who's Jacinta Del Hayes? Is that I, how you pronounce her name? I believe so. She is a PhD student at uni. How come I know her name? Because you've been stalking her? I have not been stalking her. How do you know her name then? Because she's on adverts on TV. Was she on adverts on TV? Can you name yeah. one other person from those adverts on TV? No. Why not? Because that was the only astrophysicist on there. Uh, she an astrophysicist. Uh, yeah. We need a new scientist for the podcast. Because um, you and Harry are pissing off. Campbell's probably going to piss off. So we're going to have to reform the high entire group. Oh, so we want Jacinta Del Hayes on Fangin' Around, our first female guest. I think it's appropriate that we get a scientist on the roll since we've been science, discussing the lack, thing. Of, yeah, the lack of females in science. Fred, how do we get her on? You know her. Um, Can we get her on? You could ask her. So if I if we tweet her as fang around and then we say King of Commas and you can back it up saying hey why don't you get, you get, why don't you get a different scientist on because we need someone with a profile friend this is a show this is entertainment <laughs> we need she's never profile we need a, we need a uh, well I don't know many other West Australian things that I can name what about Rhett? so when people say Western Australia you <clears> say <throat> swans <laughs> what we're going to f- export Gina Reinhart and just into your <laughs> yeah. How, are, are you hoping she'll be our Neil DeGrasse Tyson? Yeah, yeah. You, you th- you're hoping you'll uncover her. Well, that's well. Look, maybe it's I beneficial be to the podcast to have someone who will bring people listeners onto the show. Well, it's just a popularity contest, then. Yes. What you saying? She's not intelligent. <laughs> no, oh, no, exactly. No, so you're the best it. of both worlds. Whatever. People know her as Jacinta Del Hayes, the girl of the 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 UWA ads. Um, we get edge. some publicity for us, and then uh, and she has a Twitter account. That's a bonus. It's hard enough just to get you guys to tweet. Let alone. Hey, not me. I'm good at this. No, stuff. sorry, Campbell. I have only I have like twelve followers, so I can tweet. Yeah, twelve people. Like, that, like, that would that would quadruple like, our audience if all of your followers. Like, yeah, <laughs> but they're all the same people you have. Yeah, I don't think so I've anyone who you this don't. This is important, Fred. I think she's the ideal candidate to be our first female. Well, we need to hold auditions. First of all, this environment needs to be spruced up. Why? This is, not a, this is not conducive to science. It's conducive boxes. to science or to ladies? Oh, what? Your, I've been to your basement Especially where you ladies. had the lasers. That was nothing to cry home about. <laughs> That's a place of learning. 
<laughs> this is it. We're broadcasting in the entire world. We We're need everything. Knowledge and wealth. Whatever. We should have the lights off. So we'll we'll tweet Jacinta. We'll no. I'll cut this segment out and so no. she can listen to us talk uh, about it. And she'll be like, yeah, and she'll be like, what a creep. She'll never talk to me again. And uh, you know her. Your girlfriend says, oh yeah, she he hangs out with her all the time. Oh, um, so Too it's much? a done deal, right? If just if you're hearing this before Fred comes to talk to you, go seek out Fred you're and be like, "Hey, this. I want to be on Fred's podcast. He sounds like a super cool dude." So, which bit of the podcast would you play it to encourage you to come on? Just what we're discussing right now. You on that moon, <laughs> that science moon rant you just went on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You play that. Oh, well, well, it's 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 we each have we each have you know <laughs> an area of yeah. expertise. Ours isn't science. Yeah. So we need someone yeah. to. I, I want to hear in. her opinion on this, Fred. That's the point. Okay, you cut out that. If she section. disagrees. She come back. She can come on and say why. I was wrong. I'll gladly listen to that. But the whole she's point an astrophysicist. She's all about the space stuff. Yeah. She right. tweeted the link to the ASCAP thing, right? And I she's watched it because I'd forgotten it was on. And thankfully, she tweeted it. Oh, thank so goodness. I watched, I watched for... the ASCAP launch. Did you watch the ASCAP launch? For I didn't. Oh, Are you jealous? Because I don't care about science, no. Oh. Hear that, Colorado? Oh. Fred, I don't care about... Dr. Fred, I don't care about science. So, it's the, uh, it's the Australian uh, Square Kilometre Array Pathfinder Project. I think that's what ASCAP stands for. It's one of the fastest radio telescope systems in the world, I hear. Um, so, I watched the launch of it. They, you know, they got all the um, the locals to come on and give their own history of the history of the, the scene that it's set. And apparently, it's... They have a mayor, right, of the Shire of Murchison. <laughs> What's the population of the Shire of Murchison? 20. Higher. A few thousand? Oh. 2,000? Lower. 300. Is this Lower. like that time when you made Lower the name of cities that yeah. haven't had... 200? I think it's like 126. And they've got a mayor? Boom. Yeah, and they've got the greatest science project this country's ever seen. Yeah. Tap. Uh, I mean, that's part of the appeal, is that there's no one there to, with their mobile phones, stuffing up the signal, yeah. Yeah, basically. Oh. Um the mines but yeah it's apparently the only shire in the world that doesn't actually have a town <laughs> wow um, something like that uh, they also had the, the Warangadji people come in and talk uh, about you know the stories they you know what they think of the star system and how excited oh, yeah. they are because they're pretty pumped about it because it's one of the few projects where it's like we're not going to rip your soil up and destroy yeah, it. We're well, actually going to do yeah. something cool with it, you know, and keep it. The whole idea is to keep it pristine and radio quiet, so it's really appealing to them because they want to. If they want to teach, well, their, everyone wins. Yeah, because if they want to teach their, yeah, but they've already won. Yep. If they want to teach Charlie the, Sheen um, style winning, well, that's it. The only opposition to this project was like, oh, we can't mine there if you do this. Now, yeah. speaking of mines, did you hear about the uh, the giant uh, sauropod footprint that was found? On the Kimberley? No. <coughs> is this science news with Campbell? This is science news Museum with Campbell. News. Uh, Australian paleontologist recently found the largest sauropod footprint ever How big recorded. was it? It was 1.6 metres in diameter. <whistles> yep. And it was the, the proposed... Uh, sorry, it wasn't a mining site. It was a proposed desalination plant, I believe. So they stopped that? Well, he was like, this is why we shouldn't be doing shit up here because this is like the best spot in all of Australia for fossils and trace fossils. And so, I think it's thrown stuff into question. So, that was a pretty awesome find. Biggest sauropod footprint ever. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, How big was the sauropod that made the footprint? I don't know. Well, what do you think? 1.6 metres. How big is my foot? It's like a foot and I'm six foot, so it's going to be like... I think that's how the paleontologists <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> so I figure it out. My parents came back from Queensland raving about seeing some... 
dinosaur footprints, like someone's dug up some, you know, riverbed mm-hmm. and uh, with all these footprints and, you know, I, I assume that at one point there was dinosaurs running wrong and then they suddenly froze and... Right. Yeah, no, that's one of the most famous footprint traces in the world. There's, uh, It was by a riverbed and there were all these small uh, uh, sauropods all uh, uh, theropods rather all uh, scattered around drinking at the river and they've got record of uh, so where the riverbed was where the bank was and then uh, there's a kind of a ginkgo tree forest behind it or a cycad forest and this large uh, predator a big uh, australovenador which is a uh, sort of like a smaller T-Rex I guess so it charges out and then they all scatter. Hmm. But it's preserved this perfectly. So they've traced, you know, they've counted the amount of footprints. They've tracked where all the dinosaurs around. I think there are 112 of these little guys. And they've, tra- you know, so they've mapped out this entire sequence of events hmm. where where the big guy came because the footprints are perfectly preserved. And it's, like, mind-blowing. I mean, It's like this yeah. photograph from the past of right. this sequence so of events. I don't get, like, what... And after that point, no one ever came back to the area, so it just was preserved for a million Well, years. I guess it was in the mud, and then the mud mm. dried, and then... So, obviously, the next day was a really hot day, so it... Yeah, or just, like, you know, dried straight away. Hmm. Yeah, the next day was really hot, and then, I don't know, then maybe there was a big dust storm that came through, settled over the top. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Hmm. I, I Likewise, I find that mind-blowing. Yeah, millions or and millions and happened. millions. happened. Aliens came and just vaporized the earth and cemented these... That's another theory. <laughs> <laughs> We've got this amazing fossil in uh, in the West Australian Museum that is of a trilobite that is molting. So yeah. what's happened is the trilobite has molted, left its shell, its old, its exoskeleton, moved, walked, and then died for whatever reason. But it's preserved that. So it's preserved the case that it left behind the exoskeleton, left behind footprints, and then the the actual um, the animal. So that's like a little, I guess, less like a photograph, more like a movie, because you can trace what happened, you know? Mm. It's it's incredible. It's not just the animal, it's it's action as well. And that's what, you know, that, that footprints that your parents saw. Yeah. It's so amazing. Dinosaurs with Campbell, Campbell, Campbell. Dinosaur news. Mm. Uh, I want to talk about uh, listener mail. Did you uh, yeah. email? No, this is... Well, this is the same stuff we read before. I just, we don't want them to miss out by the last episode. Oh, so that other show hasn't even gone to air. No, it doesn't exist. It doesn't even... Oh, half well, of it Well, it was exists. like a 24-minute show and only seven minutes of it was recorded. 24 so. minutes of gold. Yeah. Um, so this it's is... like the pressure that creates from, a diamond. Uh, Bashir <laughs> Kamafuel, uh regarding sending people to Mars. Um, and he says... And what I'm does Bashir to read say? Out, Just read it word for word. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. No, I don't think that we have even think about this because everyone is so intelligent enough to make a miracles if he just know that about himself and the problem which make him didn't find the reality of himself is the people around him whom still saying you're damn stupid and still repeat it the one after the other and there are example for that whom those the experts of the world which most of them the old school told them that they are stupid but because the Allah the only God then this people we are living with the actual technologies dot 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 Jimmy yep he references Allah and my my following comment isn't actually to do with that Mm. but it does sound like 
I could imagine in 2,000 years from now, some child having to study that passage in, like, a religious <laughs> yeah, yeah. study class. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, when you read that, you, you're, you're being forced to th- really think about what the words mean. <laughs> and I think it's open to many interpretations. Yeah. Who are they that he's referring to? Who's the one after the other? Um, who does that represent? Mm. You know, I can really see this being analysed. For- it makes you wonder, like, could how is Google Translate corrupting the world or is it? affecting it? You know, to spy mistranslations. Not a lot? Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Never really thought um, about the power of Google Translate. Has over our lives. Yeah. Uh, I get all my things translated. And I don't know who... Bing. He says, dot, dot, Jimmy, is he talking to me, James, or is his name in English other than Bashir Kafool, Jimmy? I don't know. Um, and at Willy Rocket, our favourite Twitter... A number um, two fan. Yeah, number two fan. Uh, says in reply to Would You Sleep With The Invisible Woman. Um, oh, that's an oldie. Catch- yeah, well, he's obviously catching up on the old podcast. Classic. He says, and yeah, this is no old one of his only tweets ever, um, but you remember we were talking about him because he had an amazing shirt in his profile. <laughs> he did. <laughs> did he? Um, and, and also because he tweeted us. He tweeted yeah. us. That's probably the main reason. Um, and he says, uh, Would You Sleep With The Invisible Woman? That's what we asked the question. And he says, No, when I go down on a woman, my favourite position, I like to see what... And who I'm doing. Yep. So that's what Willie Rocket says. So he wouldn't. So no lights off action for... Hmm. No. So if he's going down, they call he can't him. do it on a visible woman because it, it's complicated down there. You want to see what you're doing. You know? It sure. is rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> Willie Rocket. Willie Willy I-E or with a Y? W-I-L-L-I-E. Okay. I assume. Penis Rocket. And this is just one word and his name is Willie Willer Rocket. Well, thanks. Keep the listener mailing coming. Mm, more tweets. Uh, more one last piece of science. Did we ever figure out who sent that photograph to us? Yeah, we need. You need to. Did you ever email them back? Brianna, is it? I don't know. I can't be dealing with that. You have to deal with it. <laughs> Brianna, is that who they said they were? Did you ever email them back? No. I think I said I did. I did stalk her. I looked up her. Oh, well, you admit to being a stalker, yeah. Doesn't have a Facebook account under the address, but does have an old MySpace account under that address. Oh. And you never followed up. I wasn't sure. We didn't discuss the show. What did we say? Well, we should just say, you can just speak from your heart, James. Yeah, or just. But I mean, if she's a fan of the podcast, she heard us talk about it and we gave her a reply. If she gave a question, we gave her a reply on the podcast. Oh, I think you're thinking this through too much, James. No, I think, you know, cur- that's the common point courtesy. Of, that's the point of listener yeah. mail is that we read out the question and answer mm. it live on air. We don't but have I to think, read it I think a email. bit of just courtesy of just respond. For, you know, thanks, thanks for the question. Thanks okay. for the question. Thanks. Um, and we'll take know, that on board from now we'll on. We'll thank our listeners. Respond yeah, I think, with every material, li- right? I think with every listener mail, we need to respond by email as well, just saying, thanks, we got your email. Yeah, okay. So you're going to have to take off your shirt, James, and take a photo. Yeah, send it back. Just a hint of nip. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, you're a mo- you're a male privilege. What she you, didn't give us? You can show nips. Yeah, but you can. Why not? No, you can. But why? Because, because you're it's a man. not considered sexual. Oh, I it think James did. <laughs> yeah. Sure as hell would be. Um, I think that's sexual. How can it not look sexual? So, did you guys uh, fangin' news? Did you guys watch Bathurst? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the end of it. It was very exciting. Came down to Holden versus Ford. <laughs> Fucking shoot! Oh, fucking! Um, there was, you know, a hair's breadth between them. I don't know what they say. I don't know what they wow. say either. Who won? After a what is it? Thousand kilometers race. It came down to like 
millimeters difference. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty exciting. And uh, who won? Ford or Holden? Holden. Who, who pissed on who? <laughs> Holden pissed on Ford, as oh. usual. As, yeah. as usual, is yeah. it? Is it usually Holden? Recent, in recent years, yes. Oh. Holden pisses on Ford. And what do they race? They just race the sedans, don't they? But they're not really yeah. the sedans. No, I mean it's all stripped out and modified. Mm, and no. It's not even the HSV vehicles, is it? It's like it's it's pro- they they properly try to kit out these sedans as race vehicles. Part, no, I third. mean they're all custom built cars, and they just have basically a shell of the commercial car there because they're trying to sell cars. I think. Yeah. Right. Is so it? what what it's the same? Maybe the chassis and the, the out- exterior. The yeah. The the, ex- the plastic outside is the only thing the that has in common with the. Real so here's car. some news. V8 news. Yeah. Uh, the only V. Where is this from? February 9th. Because two, two liters only comes in For context, in Bathurst 1000 is Australia's most famous. Is Australia's most bogan event. I mean, most people outside of Australia probably only know of the Formula One or the Indy car on the Gold Coast. But uh-huh. for the true event, uh, you know, the like the Le Mans of Australia or the Indy 500 of Australia is the Bathurst 1000. It's more like the NASCAR of Australia, yeah. I think. So apparently, yeah. but their signature race, like this is the most famous yeah. race course. It's like the the Nuremberg Ring of Australia, but the Bathurst course. We so call it the Brown Hill. Ring, <laughs> so apparently, Nissan wants to join V8 well, supercars. I, I heard, you know, I, I I was working with a colleague uh, a year or two ago, and uh, she and her husband were were actually, you know, really in on this stuff. You know, I remember when Bathurst was on last year, and she was all pumped for it. And I was, I said to her, you know, I have no idea what's going on with this. And she was explaining it to me. And it used to be like, she was saying it kind of sucks in recent years. Was it Bathurst? Because it used, there used to be more manufacturers that were involved. Like Nissan used to race Skylines and stuff. Like there were, there were more competitors. I think that, you know, lots of different sedan manufacturers Mm. were racing. But now it's just Holden and Ford pissing on each other. Yeah, well, it's... I mean, it changes. It's same in the form of the one. I mean, BMW quit, Honda quit, um, Toyota quit in the last few years. So the, the manufacturers. Was Renault still involved? Renault is in it, but they've got rid of their name. They've been renamed Lotus. So the cars but not, still made, but not the Lotus that we know. Not like the Lotus Elise and Lotus. Yeah, that Lotus. Lotus. Yeah. I thought there were two Lotuses. Yeah, there's two Lotuses, and the the not the Lotus we know. Is now the Renault team. Uh, still, the car's still built by Renault, but it's branded the Lotus. Um, and then there's the other Lotus team, which have been um, they got into a fight with each other. I think we discussed something around, and they had ne- now been renamed Caterham, which is another brand of cars. I don't like, know the ca- like the like the, the Caterham Seven, Seven, yeah, yeah. It's all very confusing. Mm. Oh well, there you go. But, James, I think you're giving a brief history of Bathurst. It's a bogan racing event. Yeah, it's like... It's the most famous race track, and the Bathurst 1000 is the main race on it. They also do, like, a Le Mans-style endurance race on it. But a 1000 case is pretty long for a race itself, so... Okay. And they actually have two drivers rather than one. All the other V8 races, I think, it's just one driver versus vehicle in Bathurst because it's a 1000 case. It's so long... They have a drive and they swap over every like 300, 250 k's or something. What, like one of those driver ed cars where there's two wheels? <laughs> no, no, they have to, during the pit stop, they have to swap over drivers. Oh. Yeah. How long and does that take? Do so they have a cup of tea and stay alert, stay alive? Um, well, by, it's, they usually get in and out by the time they've okay. changed the tyres. 
Um, it's obviously slower than a normal stock. Um, because most normal races, like F1 race is only 300 kilometers and they're doing 1,000 k's, so it's a lot longer than your standard uh, race. And in fact, some of the, I don't, I'm not really interviewed yet, so we sound, probably sound stupid, but sit like the, oh, the Barbagello normally. race, right? When they come to Perth, they have the best of three. So they have three separate races and you have to win two, two. out of three to win the whole thing, basically. Mm. Um, so I assume they're a lot shorter races because they have to have three in one day or something. We should go one day. I wonder if we could go, yeah, go to the race. I've always get sponsored to- as like a press, as a press. Uh, for the press pass. I've always wanted to go to the drag races. Quinana. I'm sure. Quinana. I'm sure we could get a press pass to one ah. of these events. Mm. Why not? West Australia's premier podcast. motoring podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you probably are. Motoring slash Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> slash sides podcast. Uh, one more, one more bit of science news, Fred. What's this fusion update? Ah. Oh. I just saw that today when I was... So, they're, they're trying to make uh, fusion happen. Cold America. or hot? Hot. Super hot. Okay, what's the difference between cold and hot? Fusion or temperature? How basic do we need to go? <laughs> um, so, there's two people trying to do fusion. Which I'm a big just fan, two? I'm a big fan. Two groups. Okay. That are really trying. So, one of them has like a big donut-shaped thing. Is it the large shaped collider? No, different. Um, and they use magnetic fields to, like, confine the plasma where okay. the fusion takes place, which is, like, the sun, and they get energy out. These guys, they have, like, 292 or something like that. 192 lasers, basically in a big sphere, mm-hmm. pointing at, at a, a pellet the size of a grain of sand or a peppercorn. Mm-hmm. And these lasers put out some obscene amount of power. You know, they have, like, a factory... Mm. and they're trying to blast it down into like like a, the centre of the sun so it releases some energy what's the peppercorn made of? Uh, hydrogen oh so a hydrogen a peppercorn's worth of hydrogen <laughs> yeah yeah so a little ball this big being blasted what does by hydrogen like, look like? it's a gas just, just how do they contain it? I don't know maybe it's really cold or something I don't know mm. or maybe it's lithium I don't know the point so, is, the articles were how it didn't work. Oh, so neither of their experiments <laughs> were. We're worked. not actually closer. <laughs> no, it's a bit sad. But well, surely each time we fail, we get one step yeah, closer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Just people are out there still doing fusion. So what, what are your thoughts on fusion? Uh, are we going to the get dream. there? One day. One day. Yeah? Mm. We'll get there. And then what? Then all The resource hu- wars will be over. All humanity's problems will be solved. No. Infinite clean energy. You reckon? Yep. Uh, uh, science slash pop culture news. Did you hear the latest Prometheus DVD news, I guess? What? Um, <clears throat> there's some extras that link. Is it director's cut because it's a really Scott and they have to have a... I'm not sure, but um, but the latest thing is that there, some of the extras um, reveal a connection between Prometheus and Blade Runner. <laughs> in that um, sort of one of the institutes... The, the there's some like one little screen cap yeah, on some yeah there's a like corporation so the corporation that makes the replicants in Blade Runner is referenced in Prometheus as being another replicant Ooh. builder so now these two universes <laughs> are yeah, colliding combined. so now people are all like oh my god well Blade Runner takes part in the alien universe but just in a Uh-oh. different area like in a scummy crappy kind of part of it you know just a ghetto 
and you know, like in Blade Runner, he's talking about seeing, you know, um, you know, being out in space and seeing, you know, all, you know, there's that wonderful monologue he gives about. Um, I can't remember Star Cruisers catching on fire off the belt of Orion or whatever. So I had some consumption. Means I watched Risky Business. Oi! <laughs> yes. Nah. Well, it doesn't look like you. <laughs> I can't judge that. What did Zoe say? She said a little bit. What Some about bit. the bit where he puts on the glasses and he does his double smile? That's a I Fred Bain's trademark. Like maybe. I don't know. You'd have to take that up with her. But it's a weird film, and I didn't really like it. I loved it. <laughs> so- I I went. I remember the first time I watched it in high school, and I was pretty like, eh. But I watched it like a week ago or whatever, and it blew me away. It's- it's pretty dark and like yeah. just meandering and doesn't yeah. go anywhere. And then yeah. you're like, she just I remember home. thinking that in high school, and now I watched <laughs> it. And yeah, I remember I turned it on. I was like, oh, this is on. I'll watch it. And I was like, oh, but I yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Didn't really go anywhere. Kind of dark, but not really that dark. Watching it again, I was just like, this what do you is love perfect. about it? I don't know. It was just, just right. Oh, it sort of had. It was one of those films with a bit of. It had a bit of poetry in it. Mm. You know, there are some films like like Loving a real train. we were just talking about Blade Runner. Like Blade Runner for me is like a, a movie poem where there's you know it's just so perfectly constructed. And Risky Business has that sort of similar poetry, I think. Ah uh, no, <laughs> I disagree. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it was just like I don't know. It's not Breakfast Club. It's not Weird Science. Yeah, I know, it's but I wanted, it be, it's not I wanted it to be Weird candles. Science. No, that's the thing. It's not those. But what is it? Because I don't understand. Yeah, it's why it's when you watch it, and then at the end, I was just like, I don't yeah. know what I'm supposed to have learned. My anti-prostitution, uh-huh. was that girl bad? I don't know. Was Tom Cruise bad? I don't no, know. It's, but that's, that's, it sits on, it sort of it blurs the line between... That's it. You, you, yeah. you, you're left, and you're just left to think. Hmm. You're not yeah. told. You're not... You're not. You don't learn lessons. Is he going to go to onto business school and do? What's he going to do? Like, who is he now? You don't know. What about all those kids that like lost their virginity to whores? Yeah, I know. Like, what's <laughs> going on? What are all on the there? girls doing? How are they going to? Oh no! Yeah, See, it's all so many up. questions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing film. Now that you- skyrocketed into my eighties teen <clears throat> flicks. That's like right up there now. Have you guys seen the girl next door? Yes. No. Yeah. Which is a... It's like a 2000s version. It's basically an uncredited remake yeah. of Risky Business. Yeah. It's almost exactly the same plot, except instead of having to run a brothel to solve his problem, he has to make a porn film to solve his problem. Yep. Um, same kind of moral ambiguities and everything. No, but that has an ending. I've seen the ending for some reason. And it's like a very cheery, twist Hollywood happy ending whereas this just ends and just I don't know well apparently the original ending was even darker what was that because he questions her as to whether she took him on that train ride to yeah distract him so Zoe said that that's, that was what she did and I didn't pick up on that <laughs> no well she he directly asks her in the original cut and she's sort of like uh no and he doesn't believe her and he's like, well, wh- what the fuck are we going to do now? You know, that restaurant scene. Apparently, it was all, like, a lot more ambiguous about what their relationship is. And and so, um, yeah, but then Test Audience was like, boo. But that director, I can't remember his name. He made, like, three other films that were all crap after Risky Business. Like, so he did Risky Business, which is just 
amazing and then just garbage absolute garbage afterwards yeah, well, because so it was so, he's cut a, such a fine line of his business to it being totally crap. He just managed to land on the right yeah. side of it, and then he just blew his load on the second and third ones. And, well, no. he could have been. Weird. He could have turned into the next David Fincher. Paul Brickman, writer director. Yeah, risky business, man. Risky business. I've been thinking for the past two weeks. I can't come up with a single crap film with a famous scene in it. Because I was going to say, well, what about Risky Business? Yeah, well, I was with him put that sliding in his underwear. But is it a crap film? I don't know. You've got me confused now. No, it is a brilliant film. You need, maybe I just need to think about. I don't know. Dude, where's my car? They have that scene where it's like, dude. I was going to say that. What last does mine time. I thought say? I'd, I thought Sweet. I thought I'd be, I thought I'd be mocked. Yeah. But is that a, that's a famous oh, scene? Not a I good don't know. The movie's not that it's bad. It's famous though. Is that scene famous? Is it as is it as referenced as other f- scenes in films? No, but it's R- famous. Risky Business is like The Graduate. Is The Graduate any good? Yeah, The Graduate's amazing, but it's that moral amb- ambiguity where you're like, whoa, and then you're left at the end. It is just like, actually, it's just like it. It's the same. Now, I had another series of films, a trilogy, I guess, um, that I kind of was uh, stumbled across by accident doing some television watching. In the 80s, there was Heathers. In the 90s, there was Clueless. And in the 2000s, there was Mean Girls. Hmm. I wonder if we can extend that line back into the 70s or the 60s. I wonder if there was that genre, that that iconic film that captured being a female. What about Puberty Blues? Was it a film, though? That was the 80s. The the, the original film, not the TV series. No, no, I know not the new TV series, but what one was the original film? I that was the eighties. No, it was the seventies. I'm sure it's like nineteen eighty one. But that's... that was only famous in Australia, wasn't it? Yeah, but we're allowed to world famous in Australia. Nineteen eighty one Australian film. Anyway, those three. There's really something going on with those three films, I think, and just like spectacularly funny. I haven't seen Heather's. Yeah. Heather's is really I don't know dark after this whole well. risky business thing. Heather's, no, Heather's will be too dark for you if you didn't like risky business. No, I business. think you just need to. It's just not. You're right. It's not. It's not, not in that canon of I 80s want a weird teen science. flick. Yeah. yeah, it's not a part of that. It, it, you know, it came out at the same time. It's got a lot of the same sort of things going on, but it's just a world apart. It really is. Yeah. I went on a bit of a. Uh, after you talked about risky business last episode, I went on a bit of a. Um, uh, a, an 80s film binge mm-hmm. um, of uh, a lot of movies that I haven't seen that I've always meant to see. Um, I saw Chances Are, which is where um, this guy dies um, and he's married to Sybil Shepherd. Oh, lucky he, man. He reincarnates <laughs> as Robert Downey Jr. What? And uh, he starts dating this his um, ex-wife's... Uh, you know his yeah his widow's daughter Robert Downey Jr starts dating the daughter and then he, when he finds out when he meets the mom he starts having deja vu and eventually he works out that that was his wife in a um a previous time so now it's all you know morally ambiguous about he can't bang the daughter because that's, that's really his, weird he script. can't bang his girlfriend because it's his daughter um oh what yeah um Wow. Was it written by the same guy who did Back to the Future? 
Because it sounds like a bit of that. <laughs> Maybe. Um, it's written by the Howes brothers. They H-O-W-Z. were like the um, Farrelly brothers of the 80s, I think. Um, I saw Mannequin, you know, with oh, Sex yeah. in the City girl and James Spader. and That comes alive? Yeah, the the mannequin comes alive. He's a he's the guy's in charge of doing the yeah, yeah. window dressing and stuff. And um, how was that? Uh, that was okay. It was an enjoyable romp. Because yeah. um, there was that. Uh, do you remember? I think the band Phoenix had that great song where someone did a supercut of um, like John Hughes films. Oh right, a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. It's just kind of like a yeah. you know bit of I watched a viral video. One new John's film, John Hughes film, which I hadn't seen before, which is uh, some kind of wonderful. Oh. Which is Eric Stoltz and um I mean his eighties his eighties work was pretty good, but I think he really peaked with Baby's Big Day Out. Mm. <laughs> that was not just- a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> well some kind of one does does doesn't really hold up because it's it's to do with like, you know, the guy from the wrong side of the tracks has to date um you know, a girl who's is the wrong side of tracks as well, but she pretends that she's from a rich. Oh, uh, yeah. You just don't believe that whole thing. It doesn't hold up that mm. basic premise that he was going for. Um, that may be the director's fault because he didn't direct himself. Um. Uh. Well, so I saw the Blue Lagoon. I don't know if that was in the eighties. Do you guys ever see Blue Lagoon? Oh, with Brooke. Shields? Shields, yeah, the brother and the sister they grew up on the island together and eventually fall in love with each other. So, like brother and sister, I didn't because... think they were brother and sister, were they? Um, yeah, yeah, that's oh. the whole point. Their brother and sister they get marooned, but as they but they're marooned as children as they grow up, oh. um, because they have no Are you sure about that? They're alone on the yeah. island, so they grow up well, and they then probably suddenly don't even know they their hit puberty, and, and she's like, the guy starts to go, Oh my god, I really dig her boobs, and that's it, they've got to have sex. Um, you should do a film summary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's what we're getting now, is it? Yeah, uh, I rewatched Weird Science, oh. which is one of my favorites anyway. I've got to rewatch that. Weird Science. Uh, Less than zero, which is the uh, by the guy who did American Psycho. It's based on the book that guy who wrote American Psycho. Oh, Brett Ellis. Eastman. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's based on his first successful book oh. and. It's pretty horrible. That's got Robert Downey Jr. as well. Um, and James Spader as well. James Spader. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty horrible. It's about some guy's going to take it. And apparently, I read up the the view, and it's nothing. I haven't read the book. It's nothing. He's disowning the movie because it's... Yeah. But apparently, he's started to appreciate it more recently because it's like a... He likes the fact that it was... It's so 80s, you know, that's like a timepiece. But he actually, you know, he hates the fact that it's nothing to do with his book. Oh, okay. But as a, he can kind of remove him when he can remove himself from it. Yeah, into, just emotionally. The only thing apparently, the only thing that's got similar in, it, it's got in common with the book is that the characters have the same name, and that's it. Like they've yeah. changed the story so much. Yeah, that's a bit stupid. Um, uh, so cool. So you've gone on a massive eighties fest. Um, I know you guys probably don't watch TV, but a couple of nights ago, I caught a bit of a golden oldie. On TV, <gasps> I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like they made a movie, a really amazing movie of a video game. Yeah, what? Golden, Golden Eye. What the James Bond movie? Yeah, it really was like that because there was in the scene where 
I just flicked through it, probably the same as you, and there was yeah. the scene in the, um, is it Control? I only know it by its goal at yeah. levels. And, like, and I was looking at it, and I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, know, I know exactly, and if you go around that corner, you'll get to this little yeah. <laughs> And yeah. the lady was, like, walking around in, like, the same dress and stuff, and I was just like, wow. Yep. This it was the- pretty mind-blowing. So you should and sh- I don't think I've watched it since it came out, and we were in year seven when it came out. <laughs> so that was 95 or something, or 97. Um, it was amazing to watch, like, how how 90s it is. Yeah. Mm. You know how there's that sort of... I remember being in the 90s and everyone was sort of like, oh, this period's so vague and undefined. Mm. You know, we're just kind of reeling from the 80s. And now you watch films from the 90s and you're just like, that is the 90s and this is the 90s. But you know what's amazing about that film? So much of it, so much of the special effects are done with miniatures. Mm. With like fighter jets crashing into the satellite tower. All that shit. Miniatures, so obvious. And it's got when the EMP strikes... Drawn on lightning, which is one of my favorite effects of all time. And I was so thrilled when it came on. And I was like, oh my God. And Liz is like, what? And I was like, drawn on lightning. I remember it being, as a kid, seeing it, thinking it was bad at the time. Because I think it came out the same year as Independence Day. Uh, And I remember those graphics being pretty shoddy in certain scenes, Um, mainly the fighter jet scenes, because. The alien stuff was fine. It was the fighter jet scenes that you just didn't believe because anyone who's seen Top Gun where they actually filmed with real planes, everything just looks fake compared to that, you know? Yeah, I can understand. Um, Top Gun really ruined CGI plane films. <laughs> yeah, well, what are you supposed to do with that? Um, GoldenEye. And it was amazing how, watching it, how probably when GoldenEye came out, people people might have thought it was still quite... It was quite serious compared to the other Bond films. Mm. But watching it now, it is so, so silly. Mm. Like, you'd watch it and it would be on par with any other silly James Bond film. Which I'm not saying is a bad thing, the silliness, but it's definitely there. All the double entendres, all the puns, all these quips. Um, you know, when he goes and sees Q and he gets the... It's just non-stop gags in the background, you know, people mm. flying off chairs and it's really, really over the top. And I remember, um, and Liz and I were going, wow, this is like really silly, um, kind of Monty Python-esque or something. And I remember um, when the new Bond, well, the, when the Bond franchise rebooted with, um, uh, what was the film, Casino Royale, and they were going for a grittier, more authentic th- uh, They're kind basically of going for Bond. The Bond, Bond, or, Bond franchise. And I remember you, James, saying like, you know, what's wrong with the silly stuff? That's mm. what makes Bond yeah. Bond. If you remove that, it's just like any other spy film. You know, yeah. all the other ones are trying to be gritty. Bond's the one with the, you know, the jet ski satellite kite board <laughs> that shoots him into space with, yeah. a, you know, with a pistol in his, like, underpants. Like, that's what Bond is all about. Yeah. And I, I kind of agree with you. I, You know, I, I can see exactly where you're coming from there. Yeah. Anyway, that was a bit of a... Yeah, blast from the past. And then I was reminiscing about obviously Goldeneye or having flashbacks about the game. Sorry. See, it's a game before yeah, it is this a is film. I, mean, I think of the guess. You said, oh, Goldeneye game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've never wanted to watch the film, no. really. Um, the technology is awesome because it's like just only just internet sort of stuff. <laughs> so there's lots of hacking and. Yeah, I love that. I love that era. Yeah. yeah it's, it's totally oh, awesome. Oh, did you guys watch Underground last night? No. The new the Julian Assange movie. Oh, Underbelly. Julian yeah. Assange. Um, Here it's got some hot sex scenes. Well, not, not enough. Um, 
But uh, it is really... I am impressed how they tried to make a period film um, because it's set in 1989, 1990. The cusp of the internet, is it? And he was literally using a Commodore 64 to hack, you know, the Pentagon. Uh, And I think that's possibly true, but I don't know. Wow. So was it good? It wasn't that entertaining, I didn't find. Mm. But just I like the fact that... They it was a period film. They didn't try to be like you know. They didn't try to be like those nineties movies where they're like yeah, hacking, hacking, yeah. <laughs> I think those scenes. It basically just, came just, down to just guessing passwords. That's how we hacked into these. Oh, I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, going to that they had to go like the police had to go into old telecom buildings and like oh, catch you know wires into listen to that and try and get what's going on. Um, in writing my graphic novel and illustrating it, the first the first sort of chapter set in our world, mm. and um, and there is one sequence where one of the characters they're walking home from primary school, and one of the characters stops by a payphone to check for um, a phone card to, <laughs> just to collect it, because that's like my one of my biggest memories of primary school, oh, wow. collecting yeah, phone cards. I that as well. Yeah, it's just a subtle thing that happens in the background, but uh, you know, I was drawing and I was just like, man, this is like. A period work. <laughs> Phone cards. What a strange... And I got into a, a big conversation with my mother-in-law about, I guess, you, you can never tell at the time what it will be, but these sorts of um, transitionary or transient technologies. And I guess the phone cards one, you know, which is pre-mobile phone, but uh, but sort of post-pay phone almost, or mm. it's very strange. And the beeper or the pager is another one. You know, like, what the fuck is with that? Yeah. Like, that's before anyone had mobiles, but there were telephones on all walls. Mm. But it's this sort of in-between technology or electric typewriters or, you know, things where... Or fax machines. I know they were big for a long time oh, and people still use scary them. Things but people still do. Either. But a fax machine? Mm. That's just crazy to me. And then my mother-in-law was telling me, because she, you know, she, she was working in a lot of um, kind of, I guess, white-collar uh, offices during the 70s, 80s. Possibly even the 60s, but she was, um, yeah, 60s as well. You know, she was there for a lot of the introduction of a lot of these technologies, Mm. you know, working secretarial. And she was telling me about this other thing that was essentially like SMS, except you had a typewriter. So, you'd type your message and then you'd dial the number or something and then you'd send it. Like a telegram? Teletype? Like a teletype. Mm. Yeah, and then it would print out on the other person's machine. Yeah, you see that all the time in like those old movies of like when Russia's like mission log. Yeah, yeah, it's that machine. Yeah, and I was just like far out. But you don't know what's going to. You can't predict where things are going to go. They just go and they keep evolving and branching. So when I was at Jamboree in Queensland, they did away with money, and that the sole currency was phone cards. <laughs> what? So you had to say so all the vending machines ran on phone cards. So you had to buy phone cards and then spend it. Why are you looking at me like that's such a crazy idea? So it's like it instead is? of making a phone call, you no, because you put you put money on a phone F- card, right? Yeah. The same it's like a charge thing, right? Hmm. So you put ten dollars on the phone card and then you pay for everything with that. But they were just Telstra phone cards. Why'd they do away with money though? I don't know. Anyway, the kids getting stuff. Yeah, maybe kids are getting bashed. I don't know. 
Well, they Fred, just want to see what is Jamboree like? Is that kind of like a cult event where you're like, no. praise God, praise no, God? No, there's no religion in it. What do you make of all the... Um, r- recently, sex? there's been a lot of kerfuffle. There's never been girls Yeah, but was there any sex? There's no girls. There weren't any girls in our troop, so I don't know if there's any sex going on. But don't you hang out with other troops? There's not really. Of jamboree? Oh, yeah. What do you do with Jamboree, Fred? Just jam. Jam. Like, it's like Michael Jackson's jam. Go to Warner Brothers Movie World. Oh, that's not <laughs> Jamboree. Um, hang out. Just do scouting stuff. Like obstacle courses. Skin really rabbit. How many people are there? Aren't there like thousands? Thousands. Thousands, thousands of kids. You don't interact down. with the other people. Oh, a little bit. One kid had a $100 phone card. Oh, did you bash him? So he stuck it in the machine and some kid ran up and pushed all the buttons. And then everybody got free Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that worked really well. Um, oh, jeez. I can't remember what else. That stuck out in my mind. Um, it's your kids, you just put them, they just do... Smart, what are the know? camps I went on? You know what? They just, you weren't allowed to bring money and you got supplied everything you're allowed to consume. So they had like massive things of like this I Gatorade remember we were, stuff. Specifically, you were allowed to, the most you're allowed to bring was like $20. So I think this is another, like why the, the phone card thing. So there's not yes. kids running around with shitloads of money. Yeah, but just a kid with a hundred dollar oh, phone yeah. card. <laughs> That's and it. And if he loses that one phone card, he's <laughs> fucked. Mm. Or if some other kid goes, yeah, but if, hey, you got hundred Somebody bucks, can't come in from the outside, I guess, and nick money. You know, it's like a closed thing. Closed. Yeah, but they can nick a hundred dollar phone yeah, card and uh, make heaps of calls. Well, yeah, I don't know. Hey, don't turn me down. <laughs> um, I got a, I got red. a tweet from Zoe. Um, she is proposing. Uh, uh, in my Clueless Mean Girls um, Heather's kind of trilogy that I add Greece for the 70s, although it's set in the 50s. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think, you know, um, I have to think on that. But it's- I, think, I think Clueless Mean Girls and Heather's really capture what's happening during the decade they're set. Yeah. Or that they all were made. Rather. When is the Wonder Years set? That was filmed in the 60s, 70s. Was it set in the 70s? Or I don't think no, it was set when it was filmed. set in the 60s. Yeah. Mm. I think on the verge of the 70s. Because end, it ends with them entering the 70s, doesn't it? I don't know. I think they're in the Vietnam War. What about oh, American Graffiti? That would be 50s, wasn't it? That was, yeah, that was made in the 80s and set in the 50s. What about... Well, I don't know any movies in the 70s. No, it wasn't made in the 80s. It was made in the... S- it was made in 1973. Oh, what? Is it that old? Because oh. the original Star Wars was 70s, wasn't it? 76, maybe? Um, 1960s. What do you, what do you it was mean? set in the 1960s, but made in 1973. Oh, totally wrong. Did you? What do you make of? There's been a recent um, kind of rise or uproar or political sort of uh, social angst about uh, the scouts in the states, the scouts and people going for their eagle badge and then like rejecting it. Yeah, because uh, one of the conditions of becoming a scout eagle is that you cannot be a homosexual. Yeah, well, that's and bullshit. so thousands of scouts who've earned their eagle badge. Uh, handing them back yep. and protesting and saying, you know, I was, re- you know, the scouts taught me the values of, you know, um, you know, each individual's right to lead their own life and be, you know, and to honour every person and be good to everyone. And this is like, goes against 
what I was taught, so I don't want the badge anymore. Good on them. That's yep. yep. Have you guys I gone into social thing. media bullying? The new craze. I believe it's known as cyber bullying. Yeah. Oh, what the trolls? Yeah, the trolls. You got into that? I mean, oh. have I trolled someone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a big fan of the trolls back in primary school. That you know, with the big hair yeah. <laughs> and the funny eyes. I had a big collection. Is it like that? Uh, no, it was just like you just do n- nasty things to people <laughs> for, on, on the internet and, you know, like Charlotte Dawson, she tried to kill herself because people were telling on Twitter were telling to kill herself. Uh, yeah, um, I don't understand that. Uh, but I got into a bit. Um, <laughs> Did you it, it hides into the homosexual things. <laughs> I, I made this, oh, oh, see, on no. Twitter, right? No. You can, on Twitter, you can make lists, right? And you can add people onto a list without having to follow them on Twitter, right? So I made this list called People Who Are Going to Hell. And it, and to start off with, I only just put one person, and that's the guy who killed 70 people in... Um, Norway? Norway, yeah. Um, so, so you just put him? Yeah, just put him, right? <laughs> so you're trolling Does the guy? Have, no, no, I'm not trolling him. Who you, it's who I put... A, and one at a Twitter time account? added... Pun? Does he have a yeah. Twitter account? Yeah, that's how he's famous. Famous Twitter account. And, uh, well, he's famous for killing lots of people as well, but... Um, and I choose one person to go in that list with him. And it's basically anyone who... He's um, on your enemies list. Who, who's just a, a, a not a good person. Like, I put Margaret Court on because she said gays should go to hell. And I was like, well, you're discriminating. Now you're going to hell yeah, with my Twitter list. <laughs> so you make a list of him, her and this, this serial killer. And I, I equate them as being just as bad at each other, really. Uh, and they usually just block me. So Oh, wow. Wicked. I feel like... And I just realised that I day that I'm probably one of those people that are uh, Twitter Whoa. bullies. Yeah, James, that is a bit... You're always bullying me to get on Twitter. Tweet oh, things. yeah, that's Twitter bullying. Is that? I yeah. think that is. You're using social media to bully me. I'm just saying it's so you can interact with the fans or fang around. Oh, right? So you can bully people. Yeah. Add them to lists of... I'm going to put them on lists. So is that, is that bullying listeners? You know? Yes. No, yeah. right in it. Mailbag of fangaround.com. He'll yeah. troll you if you do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But don't yeah. criticise us so yeah. you're going on the list. <laughs> is this um, list open? Can I see this list? Do they feel know they're on the list? Well, there's only one well, person would. because one they find they get they still get a sent email saying this person's added to your list and then they go and they block. Just, yeah. yeah, that's not. Yeah. But it, I only put religious zealots. Is that a word? Zealot. Yeah. yeah, a zealot is a word. What's that? What are they? What's a oh, zealot? So like a fanatic. Yeah. Um, cyberbullying. Yeah. Well, what do you make of um? Just you know, forget forget um. You know, contemporary technology. What about um, old media bullies like uh, Alan Jones? Oh, but now he's saying he's a victim because he's getting bullied. Yeah, online. no shit. Did you hear him? <laughs> that was. Oh man, I had to laugh at that. What a fucking dickhead. Did you hear this? Uh, he's maybe. like, oh, now, you know, I've some of the things people have been saying things. about me has just been awful. <laughs> Just like you, fucking tool. Maybe I should put him on the list. Yeah, all of his sponsors gone, <laughs> all gone. I thought the station imposed this hiatus. I think right, but because whatever company kept on sponsoring him, basically got their Facebook profiles trashed 
for people going, you're you're a terrible company. We're going to start a boycott against you if you don't drop him. And so every company that did drop him dropped him. But then the ones that left, uh, the station was like to try and protect them, dropped all advertising because they didn't want people to find out who was sponsoring them. Yeah. So I think I think social media pressure, social media essentially bullying of corporations, <laughs> uh, caused like half of his sponsors mm. to voluntarily pull out, mm. and then um, yeah, then the radio station shut down all yeah um, public sponsorship. Because as soon as someone new advertised on his show, yeah. that would have started bullying him as well, them as well. Probably. So what what do you think the the line is between bullying or activism or yeah. Because, you know, on the one hand, you sort of go, well, Alan Jones, he was being a bully. Mm. And then, you know, you know, the general public at large have sort of said, hold on, you're not allowed to do that. We're going to bully mm. your, you into no, stopping that. No, but there's that. a difference between bullying. Bullying is a threatening. Threatening. Or well, making, they, they like, derog- threatened his derog- livelihood. derogatory, derogatory uh, comments. Mm. It's Whereas activism is not. Is like, only- you can say, please don't advertise on Alan's show because mm. he's a douche. Or you can say, I'm going to fucking destroy your company in, like, <laughs> There's basically, there's only one sort of true religion or ideal to live by, and that's the golden rule. And if you break the golden rule, you deserve to be bullied, basically. What's that? So, no cheese after five. Yeah. Or you get bad dreams. <laughs> I did an experiment a few weeks ago. Hmm. With, it was inconclusive. Are you still experimenting <laughs> with cheeses? These so, experiments have been going on for like a decade. Because really? <laughs> I had some... Margaret, Margaret River. <laughs> you were actually doing a cheese dream experiment. Because I had some of this Margaret River club cheddar, and I had some crazy ass cheese dreams. So I had about a quarter of it. It has to be mature <laughs> cheese. Yeah, this is like really crumbly, yeah. thick cheddar. So then the next night, I ate a lot of cheese, <laughs> and I didn't really have cheese dreams. But I also had some alcohol that night, so uh, maybe that. I need you guys to, to step up. If you see the, it's like in a little wax thing. Mm. Margaret River just cheddar eat half of it cheddar. and just eat half of it that's a lot of cheese that's yeah, a lot of cheese guy. Well, you want to ride the pony or what <laughs> <laughs> I, anyway give it a shot yeah, get back to me listeners yeah well if anyone at home wants to eat cheese or if any um, cheese companies want to sponsor us like the Margaret River Cheese Company um, yeah send us some wheels I've always wanted to attempt to eat a wheel out, of Gilesburg figure out what's doing that doing those do you think t- it's a thing or do you think it's just nah, it's a thing this is why I was doing this experiment. All right, I'm I'm going to conduct some more experiments. Of what? Of eating shots of cheese and then go to sleep. <laughs> but you need to control. I should probably get a grant You don't that. sound like you know how to perform science. <laughs> no, so I eat a whole load of cheese <laughs> and then I'll go to sleep and I'll wake up and see if I had crazy dreams. And then one the other night, I won't eat a whole load of cheese and I'll go to sleep and see if I have any crazy dreams. Yeah, but what about margin of error and things like that? I'm you just going to have to eat a lot of cheese to average it all out, aren't I? That's why you guys need to eat cheese. I mean, like, yeah, it depends on what kind of determines crazy dreams. Like, you have I don't really most, remember my dreams. You have your most so. vivid dreams in light sleep. Mm. Um, so, I usually get my most vivid dreams after I've been drunk because I'll pass out and then I'll sleep half of five hours and the next three hours I'll just be in and out and those three hours I get yeah. the crazy. So I reckon things. you've probably got like indigestion and you're like Yeah your body's nah. freaking out. You weren't there man in this crazy trees dream. Wasn't Because I I would remember my dreams maybe once a month if that. Mm. So if I remember a dream it's pretty hectic. Well keep eating. I'm gonna carry Report on. back next I'm week. I'm going to. Oh. 
seven day ongoing ongoing assessment. Oh, what's happened here? Jeez, dreams. Has uh, one of your lady friends ever said someone else's name in their sleep and you're like, oh, I'm jealous? No. 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 Yeah. Campbell in your corner, The Mad Lies of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I looked read- that up. I was so excited for the podcast tonight and then it was just like four pages long, so I didn't read it. <laughs> oh, fuck you. Well, I got you visiting the site, so that's we've gotten one step closer to actually talking about it. Add it to Instapaper, friend. Uh, I'll print it out, maybe. Fucking hell. Once you start reading, though, you'll be like, man, I wish this article was no, twice as long. No, but I didn't understand it. I read a bit of it. It's somebody saying what they say Hulk Hogan said. Where's the primary source? Hulk he Hogan. He stuff throughout. If he yeah, has quotes okay. all the way through yeah, it. And he's saying, look at this. And one time Hulk Hogan said this. And <laughs> okay, yeah, so it's just like, it's that. all quotes from Hulk Hogan okay. that are contrary. And all right, like, I have to read it. You know, I was in 600 wrestling matches in March 1994. <laughs> and then you're like, what? You're actually in high 80 in, like, on holiday in March 1994. Oh, I think Hulk Hogan probably did a lot of drugs. Yeah. All the way up to the taps, man. <laughs> that bit with Andre the Giant is the craziest thing, though. Where he talks about his shoes. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> that is like the gold star moment of that article. Yeah, that whole bit, I wanted to go look up more about Andre the Giant. After that. Um, have you guys uh, using the word term YOLO? Um, I, when I was doing a workshop out in Midland Gate, hmm. kind of a youth outreach arts workshop, I encountered that phrase for the first time and all the kids were like all over it. And how do they say it? YOLO. 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 Like YOLO. YOGO, but with an L. YOLO. Yeah. So we used it. I think that was just to annoy me. Yeah? YOLO. YOLO. Yeah. Why? Are you thinking of using it? No, I just... YOLO tattoo. It, it just snuck up on me, this term. Suddenly everyone's using it. Yeah. We're out of the loop. Who knows what the kids are doing? I want to know what their turnaround from Gungam Style being underground hit to Gungam Style being in Big Brother adverts was. What's like the turnaround time there? Have you seen this graph? Oh, I'll try and find. Well, they ha- they filmed a video. Yeah, there's videos of them dancing to it. So either they filmed it. How do they know about in it in the house? That's bullshit. Well, it, the song came the did come out in July, so it was out on YouTube. But how did the house got know popular? So either someone at Big Brother predicted it's going to become popular. No way. Or they had to film it Big inside the house. You think at Big Brother in what, like September? No earlier than that. I was thinking. This is going to be big. No. Maybe. Because the, because the initial adverts, it was all um, LMFAO, wasn't yeah. it? What the fuck is Big Brother? Like, why is it back? Why is it shit beyond belief? Why? You're not into it? No, I, oh, I, I, I I'm i beyond hate for Big Brother. Oh, Initially, and now it's back, and I'm just like, what's going on? It has How got to the point now thing? where it's like, apparently it's still going for three or four more weeks, and I'm just like... You just end it now because you've done everything that you're going to do. I, I I hope they're going to do something interesting in the next three weeks because it's just like... Can they flood the house? I mean, it's <laughs> enclosed, isn't it? That'd be cool. If on the last day they, they just shark. like started flooding it and then mm. it, the water rose up over the walls and then they had to jump off the edge. They did have pirates attack one room in the house and... Music um, pirates? Or it's all... <laughs> And, uh, it funds terrorism, Fred, so it's it's actually pretty scary. 
Uh, and so the ha- the housemates that were stuck in that room had to like just live off a fire out of place for one night or something. But it almost sounds like stupid shit people would think up in primary school to do at sleepovers. Mm. I don't think the people were producing it are like the sharpest minds in the television world. I mean, they decided to bring Bing, bring Bing, Bing, bring Big back. Brother back. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, but I think it has potential. It's just your sure, but why is it so crap? Because it's like, run by idiots. Because it's run by well, Campbell. I would say the same thing about House Husbands, but you love that. I know. I'm not yeah, saying. No, I'm not look, saying one is better than the other. Flaws. I know House Husbands has flaws. But when I watch House ones. Husbands, yep. I think that someone, some executive at Channel Nine, saying we need a show that has men get in touch with the feminine side or whatever, and then someone does that. I don't. I. I I could be wrong. I love that someone knows knowledge otherwise. I don't think anyone came to Nine and pitched this show because they felt passionate about this idea. No, I reckon it's pretty target demographic based. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's for the same reason I can't watch House. At least the thing about Big Brother is they can't control the housemates. And so they will come up with some stupid idea and the housemates inside go, that's a stupid idea. And it doesn't work. And... Big Brother looks stupid for doing it, and I go, ha ha. <laughs> so you're watching Big Brother. Oh, yeah. Got full- this is the first time. No, and you're like seeing how Big Brother reacts to the housemates, not the other way around. Is it yeah, the same exactly. voice? No, because they have shifts, so you get. Is that guy still doing up late? Oh, yeah, no. the guy who looks no. all He's haggard. Still- He's still way him? too many drugs. <laughs> He's he still. Big bags under his eyes, really tanned. He's still the narrator, but he has no right. on camera. On camera presence. Is hot dogs doing up late like? <laughs> <laughs> I wish you know. they should get hot dogs. I'd back watch on, it if they yeah. got hottie back on. <laughs> do they do? Do they do the Friday night games or whatever? No. Nah. Remember when it was the whole? Spe- it was almost like it was. That was just all it was. That on was TV. like the peak of Big Brother. Yeah, yeah. where they because uh, there was the games. Yeah. There was the up late. Yeah, it was on all the time. Oh, I loved it. That was the best season. That was the uh, peak, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. I used to do a lot of night feel, so I only ever caught up late when they yeah. were sleeping, and that guy this was like first... dead air. Was oh, this, like first... this is the first season I've That's ever so watched hot the dogs. actual TV show. Before, I'd only watch up late when I got home or watch stuff on the website. This is the first season I've ever watched the actual Who TV show. Who was the show? girl that was with hot dogs? She'd do the, the, the Friday night games. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, I can't remember. What? There was a because there was hot dogs was one of the guy, but there was a girl as well. Yeah, was that the belly dancer? I don't know. I can't remember what her name was. I don't know. Um, but I think he had multiple. She, oh, she always looked really dopey. Was she a Big Brother contestant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, she has a funny. She has an ethnic name. I can't remember what her name. Um, here's a plot which doesn't really help. Uh, even on radio of the popularity of Call Me Maybe versus Gangnam Star. Oh, wow. So you can see the rapid exponential yep. increase in Gangnam Style. But it's over 300 million now in October, which would be about here. So it's like here. Oh. Whereas Call Me Maybe is like gone linear and it's just maybe. What's the drop off though? Well, who knows? No, but this is total view count, right? So it'll never go down. It'll presumably just level they out. Need to, they need to look at the how many extra views are added per month. That's so what this it is needs views, to yeah, do. the rate of change. So this is views per day. Oh, okay. After upload, so you can see there's this massive spike in Gangnam Style, whereas Call Me Maybe is just oh, it, it almost looks it. like it's plateaued. Yeah. Call Me Maybe. So you'd expect this to drop to zero at some point. 
Yeah, well, Gungam Star. I wonder if that's going to... Mmm. That's a great website. You should be able to get all that information. I think Callie maybe is going to outlast Gungam no. Star. In 20 years' time, when they're doing retro hits, they'll be playing... No, maybe bullshit. No way. They'll do yeah. Gangnam Style. It'll be the first global YouTube hit. Mm. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's the next Macarena. Do you think a video... And I know it will, but... Oh, imagine I know a it's video, the next Macarena, but I just don't think it... You know, it, I, it only goes with... The video clip. The video clip. Mm. And, you know, the, the song itself is just like any other techno beat song. And and that, no, I, it's I mean, a it's song. A, it's Catchy. a political song, but you have to know Korean to understand... We well, what about Korean. the Macarena? Is that a political <laughs> song? Yeah, but it was in Spanish, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah, but that was just gibberish. Exactly. But that's <laughs> just all about the, the dance, <laughs> right? Actually, like, and then, uh, maybe it is. All you remember about that look is up the, the Look up the Macarena, and there are some startling statistics and facts about that song. What do you mean? Uh, I think only recently, it, it spent the longest time in the top 100 in the US... Of any song ever, and it was only just recently beaten by Adele or something. I got a. F- I put this on the show notes. We'll get back to Macarena. Mm. The the um Space Jam soundtrack. <laughs> guess how many times it went platinum? <laughs> <laughs> just the fact that it went platinum <laughs> is hilarious. How many? The soundtrack. The soundtrack for Space Jam. Oh, I don't know. Six times platinum. <laughs> What's How on many it? units is that? What's the hit? Is it you like Looney Tunes songs? I don't know. Is it Michael Jackson Jam? He was friends with Michael Jordan, wasn't he? Oh, jam was on that. Yeah. Was Jam on it? Maybe it was the only way you could get Jam. Who's Jam? Michael Jackson's Jam. Jam. Jam ain't too much, ain't too much for you. Oh, wow. That was great. So, let me just have a f- quick thing over the thing. So, it's got some Coolio Seal. Oh, R. Kelly. It's got Buster Rhymes. It's got Method Man. Shit, I want to buy and it. Salt and Pepper. <laughs> and it's got... What? Salt and <laughs> they got a song by Barry White and Chris Rock. <laughs> Together. Together. You, uh, wow. Fuck. Is it on iTunes? Jay-Z. I'm gonna- Jay-Z's on the Space Jam album? Yeah. Are you sure this is the Space Jam album? It's the soundtrack, not the sound, not the album. I don't presume the songs aren't all about Space Jam, but... What the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's like the best album ever. <laughs> and Steve Miller? Pretty good. So yeah. it peaked at number 69. I might buy that album. Oh. <laughs> let's try it. Let's see if we can start a, a campaign to get it I dare seven you, times. I dare you to platinum. walk into a record store. <laughs> <laughs> I want to buy the Space Jam soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, and they'll laugh and I'll go, look who's yeah. on it. The the amazing thing of the Macarena was, oh, yeah, I guess who it was yeah. competing against. Boom, boom. The Vengabus? The one you win my room. Oh, wow. Their first track. I tell you what I want. Oh, was that the showdown? See, that's the 90s for you, man. <gasps> I got some bad news for you, Campbell. The song stayed in the hot 100 for 60 weeks, the longest reign among number one songs until... Adele. Adele's wrong, and obviously you've read the Wikipedia article. Yeah, so. no, uh, uh, yeah, but it's only just been beaten. That's that's crazy, right? Yeah. And check out the royalties. I think last year or the year before, one of the dudes got like two hundred fifty thousand of royalties for that year hmm. for this song. Sure. 
like this song is still making those guys oh, bank. This he yeah. doesn't oh, have God. to do shit ever. Like this is 2012. Yeah. <laughs> like- well, you know that's what I heard about. You know how people talk about uh, you know Titanic and Avatar grossing two billion dollars. Mm. Um. <laughs> um. Do you know how much um, Seinfeld grossed? No. Two point seven billion. Wow. Um, obviously, that's a lot more content, but you think like the costs. Larry Charles and Larry David. Larry David, David and Jerry Seinfeld must be pretty rich. Yeah, well, they're getting a lot of. Yeah, well, Jerry Seinfeld's got the largest Porsche private Porsche collection in the world. Does he? Yeah, he's a huge Porsche file. Have you watching? I thought he, he drove Saabs. Yeah, in the show <laughs> he drove. Have you been watching his his podcast? The coffees, comedians, and cars getting coffee. No, I haven't. Apparently, the last episode was amazing because he's with Richard, what's his name, or Kramer. Oh right, and yeah. they go out, and apparently all this crazy shit happens that like actually wasn't planned. Yeah. Okay, on my show notes, I've also got. Uh, you've got remix existing film footage for lols and analysis and new meanings. Um, <laughs> Kubrick using one point perspective, rear window view stitched together. You've got mail recut trailer. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, good thing I included those uh, those uh, references. Yeah, no, I was just thinking about the. Um, Sort of the way we can now access... Yeah, my phone died. Sorry, just then. Um, The way we can access and cut and, you know, re-edit digital or, you know, moving picture now. And I'm not... I'm going to say everyone can do it, but, you know, obviously everyone can't. But, you know, a huge chunk of the internet using population can do these things with their computers now. And so much of the technology is, you know, you can get a copy of a DVD from the video store in theory... You know, um, in theory, take excerpts from it for reference and use, return it to the video store. You know, you can Mm. access high quality media and have it and edit it. And, you know, what is this going to do? Because, you know, I remember, you know, Tarantino was sort of branded as the first video store director. Mm. You know, he was the first one who had access, who broke out from, I guess, like uh, a cinema school, I guess, into into um you know making films but the cinema school he had was just a video store and he just had access to all these films but now we're at this point where it's not just that you have access to these films but people are recutting them remixing them reusing them and yeah like i said what does that mean um i think the the one point perspective kubrick thing was this um supercut video that someone's put together of like almost all the shots that kubrick has used one point perspective so where everything kind of uh, all the perspective points meet in the center of the frame. And you watch that, and yeah, it's really revealing because it's film after film after film after shot after shot after shot of Kubrick's where he's going, you know, one point perspective and seeing that repetition and, you know, how can we use that to reveal elements of what directors like to do? And um, and then I guess there's that uh, rear window video. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Nope. No. Which is, like, amazing. So, what someone's done is they've taken Hitchcock's rear window and they've um, they've composited the the view out of the rear window from all of the rear, the shots out of the rear window in the film. Hmm. So, in the film, you'll see, like, you know, the camera will be focused on one of the windows. Well, what this person will do is they'll take all of the footage that was in that one window but construct the landscape around it. Yeah. So, you can watch the whole film... Mm. from the rear window in one go awesome. and it looks 
perfect. It's crazy how good. And you just think, wow, you know, there's no way this could have happened, you know, five years ago. Hmm. It's so new. And, you know, the way we can resample things and uh, create new meaning or reveal things about previous works that's no longer there. And then that You've Got Mail where they've, someone's recut sections of the You've Got Mail rom-com and turned it into a um, kind of a psycho-thriller looking film. And, yeah, the way that you can recontextualize things. Anyway, I just think it's amazing. And has anyone got any thoughts on that? Or seen great examples of anything like that? Or I saw someone recut SpongeBob SquarePants trailer to be a psycho-thriller. That's pretty cool. That's pretty Isn't that just the same with everything? You know, first it was music. Yeah. Now it's Now it's images. film. Mm. Yeah. So what will happen, like, once this remix culture has been really absorbed into film. Well, I guess you you got to see the first fully remixed underground film. Like, someone would have to go through some film and cut it to pieces and then build it back as something completely different. What I've always wanted to see is someone use, say, just get one actor's career and cut up all the film he's been in and try and make a storyline that has him ageing throughout his career but using all the scenes from that see something like that would just be incredible why don't you do that you know you could do something like that as well because who you know who would you pick how, you know Jack Plus Nicholson him. he's been in film since he yeah, was so he's young for ages and he's I really mean, old yeah. Yeah, shit. No, older than that mm. anyway, yeah. well the one thing might you know the, the podcast I talk about this every the podcast that sort of inspires Fang Around is um, tell them Steve Dave and one of their fans has started just um creating his own sort of short films but using the voices from the podcast <laughs> to tell the story but it's because and it's sort of inspired by david lynch so wow yeah. uh, and then he animates he so he creates the soundtrack using the voices according to the script he wants then he animates it to it um so it's completely cut so it's from like 200 episodes of his podcast over here so he can Whatever word he wants, he can get. But he usually tries to find weird things that connect together to make it kind of David Lynchian. Um, wow. And uh, so, I'll put a link to the show. It's called Tell Him Steve Dave Out of Context. Because um, it's taking all this stuff that just is not related. But because the voices all recorded one standard of, you know, the same microphones over two years, you know. Yeah. Kind of fits together. I did see an article on someone who was trying to do a film about a kid growing up as they grew up. Hmm. So they hired a ten-year-old actor, and they've been filming it on and off. Yeah, for David like ten Link, years. Uh, oh, yeah. No, Richard Linklater. He's doing that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Well, there was that Seven Up series, which is different, yeah. though. The documentary yeah. series. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, like like you said, I mean, that's a that's a fantastic example of something mm. that someone could do, where they could, and uh, you know, um, oftentimes, and in the director's cut for Requiem for a Dream, the director talks about how, um, you know, he was really influenced by remix and DJ culture when he was mm. making that film. And, you know, he was sort of, he does things where, yeah, a lot of it is sort of sampling things or there's sounds or there's, you know, there's repetition or scratching back and things. And it's really not playful, but you can see it. It's totally there. But um, I think that's slightly different because he is using, I guess, an audio language or a, or a, um, a music technique in film, but with it creating new, new, new images for mm. it, you know? So he's kind of just almost faking a remixed style but what's going to be the paul's boutique of film you know Mm. where they pull all this stuff in 
you know, like all these samples of things to cr- and and create new but things. But you can't do that, right? It's like you could never make a Paul, new Paul's boutique. You mean like sampling other films, or you mean just some crazy style of like? Mm. No, I mean actually sampling whatever, whether it's background shots, or, but 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 acknowledging it as well. You know, being open about it. And yeah, you couldn't. You probably couldn't release it in the cinema. But you know, lots of great albums come out as mixtapes. Yeah. You know, there's, the- a, there's a great video on this. And we may have talked about Fang around about the someone's cut together like a hundred scenes of TV shows going enhance. You know, whenever. <laughs> oh they wanna- yeah, yeah, enhance image. Um, you know that that's there's great. a famous the first iPhone commercial they played like just once during the Oscars of they cut together all these movies of people picking up the phone saying hello and they cut it mm. together which is a blatant rip of one artist's work who does that kind of stuff have um, you seen the one of um mad men yeah it's just like, he's him saying what what yeah what? but he says it all the emotions from you, like happiness yeah. to like individual tears he's like what to like, what, what? Yeah. Have, have you seen the other mad men one the um rick astley never going to give you up uh, yeah yeah and yeah they've cut it together yeah, yeah. they've cut like yeah. the, you know so that's an example of something you know a lot of these things are done for comedy but can mm. we do them for other reasons and like i said you know the kubrick one was obviously a research kind of project the rear window one is just amazing mm. you know it, that's something that's really cool but again it is just rear window it's not trying to say anything new it's just saying here is rear window in a way you've never mm. seen it um which i guess is like a, a remix of a song in a way my favorite one is like this is one YouTube video. I can never remember the name, but I'll try and find it if I listen to this and put it in the show notes. But it's like this um, this guy, he's edited together all these crazy speeches of people. It's like a mixture of TED Talks and university lectures and all these scientists talking about... Oh, is it the Symphony of Science? By Melody Sheep, I think? Is it a whole album? Because the Symphony of Science is fucking awesome. It might be that. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's yeah. Scientists talking about basically we don't have a clue what we're talking about, and it's mixed with nice music and like this one particular video that I've got. And I think I don't know who's done it, but yeah, it's it's like a religion to me. This video, like that's afterwards we'll have to watch some Symphony of Science because it's like they're incredible, and yeah. my son's totally into all of that as well. And it's all you know the greatest like science. Oh, and he did the. That's why I'm thinking he did the that video we liked of the guy from. PBS. Yeah, yeah, it's Melody Sheep. Yeah. 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 It's so good. Yeah. The whole album is yeah, Symphony of Science. And it's got Neil deGrasse and it's got Bill Nye the Science Guy and it's got um Yeah, well, it's not that video, but that that's the same same mm. thing. Exact same thing. Yeah. Um and that's awesome as well, that one. I think I'm gonna sound like James, but can't we get an Australian scientist hero? Doctor like, yeah, we've everyone's got one. always talking about Neil deGrasse right, well, we're and Brian Cox we've got and Del Hayes. That's what we want on the podcast. <laughs> we're going to elevate her to. Oh, what? A, no, we've got one. What, Dr. About, what Carl? about one right here? Carl can you elevate me? No, we need someone in yeah. Perth. We can't he's fly him in. Dude. He's not serious enough. He's a bit wacky with those shirts and stuff. Oh, he's like. He's Because he's, <clears> he's the, the best now, but he's not that great. I mean, he's, he's, not even a, he's not even a doctor. The other guy, what's his guy he does stuff no, with? Adam Spencer? Adam Spencer. He's not even a scientist. No, but he's an he's evangelist a isn't of scientists. Yeah, but we need someone with an informed opinion. Well, why don't you become that person, Fred? Work on your, your yeah, public speaking. Do a marketing and media degree. Blitz out there. You First, you need a number one single. <laughs> I'll get a photo of Harry. We'll start the electro band back up. Yeah. 
And then you got to punch him in, a, in the face, because that's what... So one of the guys Brian at Cox uni did. was the Brian Cox for the international edition of that show. What do you mean? He was the stand-in. He was the supposed to be. He never did. But he was supposed to. They flew him to South Africa. Because apparently, in, in for other countries, because the theory was that a lot of the charisma of Brian Cox will be lost if you dub it or subtitles... So they didn't want people to get bored. So in the international edition, instead of him going around to all these places, they basically have just like a scientist in that field goes and does what he did. But it's like a group cast, an ensemble cast of presenters to present the same information in the same way, like with drawing in the sand or whatever he did. Fuck yeah. off, really? Yeah. So he was got, so, so what? He was going to be an Australian guy? So he was working at Oxford, and he got sent to South Africa to talk about waves. But then he got. <laughs> He was supposed to go surfing, and then he got a bit sick, so he couldn't wear a wetsuit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So apparently, what, apparently what internationally, internationally, Brian Cox is cut English. Well, then who was he for? The what Americans, was he for the Americans, Oh, he was I an guess. American. No, he's, in, he's Australian, but they didn't want Brian Cox doing the, Australian the American version. version. It must be American, otherwise why did he do it in English? I or maybe they want to dub each language, so they just do it in English and they'll dub it to, they'll subtitle it to whatever language. I don't know. That's this is what I've been that told. That doesn't make any well, sense. Why are they getting Australian to do the American? Because he was in Oxford. When they get so Morgan they got, Freeman or something? Yeah. No, because or Whoopi Goldberg. No, because the idea. Ellen DeGeneres would be good. Yeah, but you wanted someone. You wanted to get scientists to, to present it, yeah. but you don't want one scientist. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Well, maybe they should have got him. Yeah. But he probably didn't. wouldn't have shat his wetsuit. <laughs> He's a professional. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Any other show notes? Uh, Cam, we've got what happened to American car design. Yeah. Same thing. Way to go. Everything in America. Yeah. Zing. So when you go to Colorado, Fred, you can do a first-hand report. I will. On how everything went down the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, have you got have you got your eye on a have you got your hand on a hard body Fred when you get over there what are you looking at you need wise. a vehicle well you need one in Colorado but apparently you don't in Boulder it's oh. everyone rides bicycles it's this shut up it's this weird little place yeah for real oh okay um but I was thinking like a massive truck yeah like a Ford X F six fifty I oh, saw because yeah. I had a little look and I saw like for two grand I could buy like a Jeep Cherokee like a five or six year old Jeep Cherokee and I was thinking that would be the shit to ride around <laughs> up into the mountains or I saw a thousand dollar like Honda Accord thing they're yeah, pretty cheap boring though yeah but, get a big Jeep yeah I think I will get something funny um, well I just think you know American car design at a at one point. So cutting edge, so avant-garde, so so much glamour and flair. What the fuck do they produce now? Like, what do they produce now? There's the whole... There's the Jeep franchise. Oh, there's the Jeeps. Camaro? There's the... Yeah, there's the new pony cars that they all make, oh, right? Did you watch the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing last night? Interview no. on 60 Minutes? No. Do you see his car? What does he drive? Is it an electric it an Hummer? Hummer? It's probably like a Hummer, but it's... Uh, I know. I know. At one point, he had an electric Hummer. <laughs> so to show that you could be green and tough at the same time. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's probably made by Hummer because I think he's what's permanently sponsored by them. But uh, 
Yeah, this is it here. <laughs> no, it's a G wagon. It's a Mercedes G wagon. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I think they did a, t- a Top Gear did a review of that. What's it's like a it's because it's a, it's actually a, it looks like a kind of like a shitty utility Jeep, but it's actually a really high end hundred thousand dollar Mercedes like four wheel drive. Hmm. It's such a yeah, it just looks so funny because <laughs> it's that angle doesn't do it. You don't really see how stout it is or short. No. It's pretty. Um, it's what you're in a science community, friend. What in Colorado? Uh yeah. Apparently, it's got the highest proportion of PhDs in America. What is it? Experiments there? Yeah, it's got a huge university. Ah, oh, right. it's got it's and not like, like one of those things that the hadron collider is. No, no, no. It's not one big experiment. It's more just like a, a center for science. Sweet. Yeah. So American car design. Yeah. Um. The. Not impressive. Car. Um. In Sabrina was a. I don't even know. It has a picture here. It was a Nash Healy Spider. Do you guys get into... I don't know. Nash Healy? Nash Healy. Nash Healy, no. Did they produce the Metropolis as well? Or the Metro? Is it Spider with a Y? I think this is the one Sabrina, possibly. Are you talking about the Teenage Witch? No. no the Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn, maybe. See, that sort of thing. You know, they, they were producing these beautiful roadsters, beautiful sedans. Is that beautiful? It's pre- well, it was very American. Yeah, but they're very American now, aren't they? They're still... Yeah, well, I guess perhaps. Perhaps it does reflect where the nation is now, and it's a very very ugly thing. And, you know, no offence to our American listeners, but, you know, I guess guess that at the time those vehicles were produced, there was a sense of optimism and goodness. I think the... My favourite American cars are Isn't it different different as in... A, a lo- the luxury of a car was so much more back then. So, cars have just become cheaper because everyone has them and people have multiple cars. Yeah, but I don't. I also don't think there needs to be. I don't think there needs to be a compromise on design in terms of. But you're talking about audaciousness, right? Because you're not saying like a lot more bells and whistles. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that cars need to be flamboyant. I'm saying. The American tradition of car making is a flat of or is of flamboyance. And Not since the fifties. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but they moved on, right? Uh, but what did they move into? Big well, no, the fifties, the sixties, the seventies. Even the seventies had sort of a a thing going on. What do you mean by a thing? Well, there was a definite aesthetic that was... Yeah, but that's like... You're saying this like... We were talking about the post. N- people were talking about the 90s. And people, it was okay. so bland. Okay. I mean, I think Cadillac at the moment is doing something at least. So it's trying to with its most recent models. It's lifting its game. But, I mean, you can see, you know, from the all the bailouts that had to occur, you know, the American auto industry is was in steep decline. And, um, what are either... Well, I... The one shining light is Tesla. Oh, look, if you're talking about Tesla or Fisker, yeah, there's, you know... Bramo, they make electric motorcycles. At the moment, those guys are doing amazing things. And they're, you know the guy, they're rolling out. Yeah, that one guy, Elon Musk, does, right, has Tesla and SpaceX. He seems to be, like, the coolest guy in the world right now. Oh, he's up there, isn't he? Hmm. It's pretty cool. I would, um... Yeah, the Tesla vehicles. I mean, they're 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 on the roads now, aren't they? Tesla. 
Yeah, and they're, they're, they're struggling to fill orders, aren't they? At, at uni, they've got this charge. There's like they put up a sign. It's so just obvious advertising. They put up a sign uh, on the road, which is like <clears throat> charged power bays, like here. So there's like two bays. We can charge your electric cars. I don't know because it's always filled by like university sponsored cars. But if you have an electric car, can you just plug it in? Yeah, I, that, think you can. That, I think that's uh, what the charging things are for. So they put two. Uh, but it's probably subsidised. It yeah. must be subsidised. So that, sure, will we? Oh. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how those things work as well, because they talk about, you know, this this talk about, um, you know, charging stations and things for people to use. And, um, yeah, like, do you, do you pay for those? Do you pay at those? Or is it... Surely uh, the solution is battery exchange. Surely you don't want to yeah. charge up. You drive in, they swap in the battery, you go. Boom. I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. But then are you talking, you know, do we then use standardised batteries across the whole board? Like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, cars are big enough where I think you can do that. Like, obviously in phones, they're so small and they're just getting smaller and smaller Is that you can't ever have a standard battery for them. But with cars, they're always going to be a minimum size to keep people in it. You can. It's much easier to have a standard isn't, battery. Isn't a lot of the weight of the car batteries yeah they're yeah. like hundreds and hundreds of kilos i guess you have like a big machine yeah but you got to put them somewhere in the car yeah but the question is no, where you want to he's talking, about, he's talking about taking them out taking them in and out right so you get a machine very that, heavy but you also if you're going to take them out you know if it's a, if it's a ton of batteries and it might be i think aren't they well, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's the heavy well it's like an engine it's like the heaviest component yeah, so of you, that car you want to mm. like so like, it's not the fuel tank it's so the, the tesla isn't it like you know, it's basically laptop-sized batteries, but it's almost like lined with them, right? They I spread think it goes out for even, even weight distribution. Whereas if you force everyone to compress all their batteries into a big lump. Yeah, actually, I think Tesla, they're all, like, under the... Spread out. Yeah, I think they all lay flat under the chassis mm-hmm. or something. Or, you know, in, in the... Gate, I mean, the obviously, the yeah. I mean, well, it probably depends, because they've got a sedan coming. I'm sure the sports car's always going to no, be... No, I think this is the Tesla yeah. S or whatever that we're uh, talking about. No, maybe not. But I, I agree. You, in theory battery exchange would be the way to go yeah. right it totally makes sense i thought we we're going to use make hydrogen cars well eventually but this is in the interim but you need yeah. you need a power source for hydrogen don't yeah, they don't they require but you need a power effort? source for like electricity um but isn't but doesn't it um height creating hydrogen create need a lot more energy than that needs to acquire regular electricity i don't know it's probably might be really inefficient probably that's it, because you need nuclear power to... No, you just need electricity make. to make the hydrogen. And so you lose some energy there. And mm-hmm. then you take that hydrogen and you burn it to produce electricity. So you lose a lot of... Yeah, that's what I mean. That's yeah, why I think... Yeah. That's the problem with hydrogen. Have you seen the new Porsche? I think it's the 918, perhaps? Hybrid supercar? You'd be angry at me if I call it Porsche? No. A little bit? Is it okay if I keep calling it Porsche? Cool. Some people are a little pedantic about these things. Oh, no, I don't care. That looks like a Ferrari. Yeah, the front end does. Yep. Yep, it totally does. That's pretty boring. That's boring, Porsche. You made a Ferrari. Doesn't yeah. isn't that the idea of Porsche? They just make the most boring cars. No, because they make 911s and then they're just making something else. What? Isn't a 911? They're making the 911 for the last 20 years. 20? No, much longer than that. Like, since Think. the 60s. <sighs> Um, 918, it is a hybrid supercar, so it's got, I think, a f- inline six 
plus it's got an electric motor. Does that make it better? Um, with all the regenerative braking and stuff. No, apparently. I mean, like, because you're an idiot if you buy a supercar for gas mileage. Oh, well, in terms of mileage, apparently it gets, like, crazy good gas mileage. But it also tears it up. Because... Um, and now Mercedes is coming out with the electric SLS, which is their supercar. And so there's all these, like, crazy electric cars that can get to, like, 60 miles in kind of three seconds or four seconds or something. So they're on... You know, they can go just as fast, just as quickly as the regular petrol ones. Yeah, so that's... And so now we're, like, at this turning point. So they're putting all their, like, energy into making these supercars. And people are like, "Mm, what's the point? It's not green. It's a supercar. And it's like, well, yes, but... You know, they're testing all this new shit and they're making these amazing cars. Um, so, yeah, this new Porsche apparently is amazing. And the thing is, you can you gun it and it's in complete silence. Yeah. You know, and so every everyone who test drives these things, they're just like, I cannot believe how fast I'm going. And you cannot hear a thing. Mm. You know, usually there's this... But isn't that something that people complain about? Yeah, people complain about it. And then people say, no, this is the sound of the future, yeah. man. But it's and not it's, just that, it's, it's the feel, it's the talk from electric engines yeah. feels really good, like, he's like... That's so, this is, this is this, this bike, the Bramo Impulse. So, it doesn't look super great, but basically, this is like a motorcycling journalistic blog. But basically, they're busting a nut because, <clears throat> to them, it's surpassing, surpassing the performance of a, of a um, petrol-driven motorcycle. Not yeah. just as good as it's better because of wow. this talk, instantaneous talk. The only quibble they've got for most of these ones is that, um, you know... Range? Range, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like that with these uh, electric supercars. And then people are sort of going, well, it can't drive for, you know, it can't go further than 300 kilometres or whatever. And then other people are going, well, with a supercar, you don't usually go for that. You know, you, mm. you're not driving a supercar for 300 kilometres. You yeah. drive it as fast as you fucking can. And at least this Porsche one is a hybrid, so, you know, even if your battery runs out, you can still go along. Oh, you've only got a V6. It's back. Yeah, 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 you've just got this amazing engine. And I think the, the I think the like, the petrol does the front wheels or something, and the electric does the back, or, mm. or they've got electric motors in each of the wheels, or I, I don't even know. It's like... Ma- electric cars usually have one motor per wheel, I think. Yeah. It's how tanks go. They're um, the original hybrid vehicle. Yeah. Oh. Um... What do you guys think? I think this isn't the latest BMW 3 Series. They, because it's so quiet, they play fake engine noise through the speakers. To BMW oh, for a no while has, for a while they've been doing, it's not with their, yeah, the soundproofing's so good that I think on the performance models they pipe in engine noise, artificial engine Can noise. Can you turn that off? No, because you're not, they're not, you're not supposed to. I think it was, you know, it was found out that that was happening. Ah. It wasn't a... You weren't supposed to know. The public's not mm. supposed to know. So, you know, for a long time now, engineers or, you know, I guess technicians or whatever have been tweaking the way a car sounds mm. with the exhausts and things to make it sound and a certain way. On the top gear, they had this car. I can't remember what it was, but every time you downshift, <clears throat> it drops a drop of petrol into the exhaust. So oh. it, was like, it makes that bubbling noise that everyone loves, even though it's completely fake. That's hilarious. Um, 
But what, yeah, BMW has been doing that. Yeah. So what do you think about that? It's if you can what? turn it on and off, yeah, but it's a bit stupid. Uh, I just think. But that's if it's stupid. completely artificial, what if they it actually has a microphone on the engine so no, that's surely it does the that. actual origins? It's got it right. It wouldn't just be like you put your foot down. It's like yeah, it's just like a sound <laughs> effect like a computer game. That's probably what it uses. Uh, uh, you feel that? Up. Your you ears would pick up. that up in like two seconds. Why? Right? You look it up. I'm sure it'll tell you exactly how it works. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. But um, would you prefer it's a real sound <laughs> if you've got to have a sound projected into your? Yeah, I want just music. Mm. But I'd prefer, I'd prefer like this electric mo- model. I, mm. I, I want silence. Yeah, but with electric, yeah. that's car. Because that's what you don't silence, have, you don't though. have that's, gears, right? That's cocooned, you know. Mm. But you, electric cars, you don't have gears. Yes, that's that right. right. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, like, like we're driving over to Brisbane with my grandfather, and he's going a bit deaf. And sometimes he'll be in a lower gear. He can't oh, tell the difference, and tell. we're like. Why is this car revving really high? And it's because he right. shifted down and forth and forgot to go back up for whatever reason. Um, so I guess on and that on that count, but yeah, with the electric, it's it's unnecessarily. But then I've never had a sports vehicle. If I'm sure, if I had a sports vehicle, I'd want to hear the deafening roar of that, you know, whatever engine. So, but it's yeah, I guess different vehicles serve different purposes. Yeah, so they just. It's 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 a this BMW thing. It's a digital signal processor tied to the engine computer that pumps a recreation of the V8. So a recreation. Yeah. So it's not. That's total bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be pissed off if I found that out. Yeah, and it's it's, it's like as though do but they need you, that? Like it's uh, isn't it like, like a good child? Enough? If I found out that my car manufacturer. Well, yeah, car okay. yeah, it's like so, finding out that you know the presents were left by your that, parents and not okay. sent. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you haven't bought one before that was found out. Yeah, is that a deal breaker for you guys now? No, that wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't be a deal breaker. For no, me. I, I maybe because I think I would enjoy it. Every time I put my foot down, I'd be trying to listen for the fake engine noise. Mm-hmm. I think it would. Yeah, it would. Put a bit of. So I'm saying, if they could turn it, you just if you turn it ever, off. And any manufacturer ever does anything, they should just put the option to turn it off. It doesn't matter what it is, because yeah. if you put it in there, you can put the option in there if to not have it. Some hackers got access to one of those BMW cars, right? And they replaced the sounds in there. What would you have as your replacement sound? Would you have a particular artist in mind that you would want to play every time you hit the gas? So you're saying like, you hit five thousand RPMs and. Ivory Tiger like, starts yeah. up or something. Yeah. Probably it prints that little guitar bit where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so just floor it. <laughs> and then off you go. <laughs> Does it make fake screeching noise as well? Right? <laughs> yeah, I just have it so as soon as you start up, it goes, like the screeching tires squealing. So Even if you're just doing, like, yeah. you know, cruising around. Like in the movie, someone just pulls off, no problems, but they're according to the noise. Um, I read a review of, I can't remember what electric vehicle it was. It was just one of the sort of, you know, like a Nissan Leaf, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, like an entry-level consumer electric vehicle. And the reviewer was sort of saying, you know, list going through things, talking about this and talking about that. And then he was talking about... You know, the speakers, and the speakers were whatever. You know, they weren't banging off some speakers. They weren't whatever. And he was saying, these are the speakers. This car has the best sound system of any car I've ever been in. Hmm. And he was saying, you know, you might think this is ridiculous, what I'm saying, with the specs. But the thing is, because this car's electric, there is no engine noise. There's no, like, vibration. Hmm. You know, the cabin is so insulated. 
And it's not until you've listened to a sound system in an electric car that you realise how much the sound system in a petrol car has to fight and compensate and kind of work around the fact that the whole car's going... And there's all these explosions happening just like a foot away from you. And he's saying, you know, this was a revelation. You know, the sound quality of just crappy speakers Mm. when you're in a cabin that's silent. So... That was kind of cool. So you know, there's so much. Um, I've never driven an electric car. Yeah, we should be able to do that in our lifetime. James drives confident. electrics. Well, yeah. Amos no, I'm talking about like silent, a silent car. Well, if as long as the engine doesn't start up, it's an electric car. What? Hybrid. Do you have a hybrid? No, at work at Avis, we drive ah. hybrids. Yeah. Is it silent? Yeah. How would <clears throat> and what do you think about it? And you love it? Yeah, it's awesome. Do you I, feel I a bit futuristic? I wish, I wish I could drive one like between the airports so I actually get to go up to full speed to see what it sounds like. I've never got to test it out. I've only driven it around the domestic airport. Because I imagine it would just sound like... There's still a lot of noise, though. You get the wheel noise, the road noise. <laughs> yeah, it depends how inside the cabin. It's, yeah. That's the but I guess you can get rid of that, that, that kind of noise easily. But Wind it noise. Would, you, it, there'd be no engine noise. Mm. Yeah. And I know, I know you sort of filter it out and whatever, but... That just, yeah. Mm. I have to go for a test drive in an yeah. electric car. We should do a fanging around <laughs> episode. <laughs> we should do a fanging around. We pretend to buy cars and just test drive the shit out of them. Oh, was it Russell Morris, the real thing? Just that riff from that. So it's like, meow, 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 meow. Is that when you floor it? Meow, 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 Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Um, In my section, Nancy Travis, hot. I don't know who that is. Who's Nancy Travis? <laughs> Have you seen how I Mar- So I Married an Axe Murderer or whatever? Yes. She's the girl from there. Oh, okay. Uh, from memory, yes. Um, she's she's also, pretty I've been watching because she's in Becca. She's amazing. You and Becca. <laughs> you love That's that a, if I was going to do a, like some Becca. weird remix video, it'd be... I was thinking of Becca. You could either edit to get, get all six seasons edit together every blind because they have one character who's blind and I always wondered how much exactly do they milk this fact just the one fact that this guy is blind the one main character is blind uh, there must be at least two jokes per show just because of the fact he's giant and I was like, finding how kind of weird it would be to edit together every blind joke they a, make for entire six seasons are you a big Becca fan? <laughs> I never knew this. <laughs> He's a huge Becca fan. He's always... I think when it was on, you were a fan. No. No? You, I watched it. You know, it's just, when it was on TV, I watched it and was like, one day I'm going to watch all of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, uh, oh, yeah, you're living the dream. I'm living the dream. <laughs> you, you once made a promise um, to a little boy and now you're going to keep it. <laughs> um, um, I, I, whenever I think of Becca, I think of... Um, oh, this is, this is awful. But I think of the two ladies in it. The nurse? Well, there was a nurse. She always wore, like, tight T-shirts, yep. right? Yeah. She was, like, the late 90s. Um, she was a bit of a ditz, though. Well, yeah. She epitomised, in terms of fashion... Like, 90s grunge sort of thing? Uh, yeah. Between yeah. the late 90s to Especially. early 2000s. Because that is a weird series where it bridges that gap, where at the start of the show, people had pages, not oh. everyone... And by the end of the show, everyone has a mobile phone. So it's so, so many- it went from when do you think it went from ninety eight <laughs> to two thousand four? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think of her, and I think of the other mm. girl who I think was also in Star Trek. 
Yep. And yep. and the girl we were talking about earlier, or earlier, just Shawnee before, Smith. she was in uh, an episode of The X-Files, right? Mm. So, there's a bit of a big geek connection with those so two So, you ladies. have been looking up her, Shawnee Smith. Who, me? No, James. No. He knows I'm a her. huge fan. Oh, sorry, you're a fan. Yeah. But I always think of the kind of, um, the intro kind of... That twangy guitar and this. Well, yeah, you can't that, like okay, that, that aesthetic that's... where it's like kind of and Photoshop have... cut out filter and they... Yeah, yeah. And it's so, that was my other remix subway. was to cut together every transition in the show for the whole entire six series so you get to see all the crappy video effects <laughs> and the twangy and see if it sounds like we connect it all together. Why are you doing these projects? I don't know what project you're doing now, James, but get rid of them. Because get when I actually have thing. the attention span to do these things, I need to work on other stuff. What you need to do is outsource it. Yeah. Outsource Pay it to another to it, country. Yeah. Yeah. You can do get things done really cheap. Digital I'm just an ideas man, man. You get the idea. I'm sure you could get someone in another country. Mm. <laughs> no, and I say this because I, I only say this because when I was at um, uni recently, when my partner was at uni, I was talking to one of the photo uh, photography lecturers, and he was saying some of their students and uh, at the graphic design place he works or the photography studio he works, they outsource a lot of just the boring digital work, really mm. simple stuff to um, digital kind of um, design companies in India where they'll kind of um, adjust levels and things on a photo, resize it, do all that stuff to spec for thousands of photos or whatever, get it, tweak things or whatever for like 20 cents a photo or something Mm. crazy like that. And so they get bulk stuff done there. How do these people, does this stuff have any like, uh, if you're adjusting levels, don't you need to have a judgment? Yeah, see, that was... I don't know. I guess you find a guy that you like. Yeah, and trust, and you trust. know what he need. You know what you need, but I don't quite get it because, and I mentioned this to my dad, and he said that this is a long bow. But he said one of his friends, who's an engineer, they were getting plans drawn in India because it was cheaper through their firm. But the the amount of toing and froing that was having to occur with them going, no, this isn't quite right. Do this. No, this isn't quite right. Do this, because they're not in the same office. You know, they're not actually yeah, talking. Yeah. It just, you know, they went through the process a few times and were like, oh, it's actually just working out a fuckload more work for us having to micromanage them as well. So, it could oh, the, work. But if you you're know, saying, just cut out the bits yeah, yeah. with the blind guy, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they can do that. Yeah, yeah. No, well, it's got to be the blind jokes. I guess you yeah, got the, the blind jokes. And then yeah. when the loud soundtrack kicks in, yeah. I want the fuck that. Yeah. Well, you do it both at the same time because they can cut out. You can tell them to cut out both things as they watch it, you know, as they watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, How much is this going to cost? It's a bit of Um... But Are you- I'm just going to the toilet. Uh, oh, I'll wait. Um, did you know that uh, Little Mermaid, right? Oh, they made that at Disney. I want to be around for this. <laughs> uh, they made that at Disney, and then they sent it to China to color it. Uh, no, just to do the bubbles. Oh, shut up! Really? Yeah. Wow. Really? That sounds like such an urban myth. No, I look up the wiki for it. You're Mister Research. I am Mister Research. You're trying to work, calculate the cost of paying someone. There is websites. Yeah, I'm on it. Requests. They're not going to have any sh- any rates, though, are they? Mm. Movie editing starts from twelve dollars per hour. Mm. So if we each of us put in ten bucks, we get them to do that for three hours and see how many blind people jokes they can get out of the six seasons of Becca. Uh, have you ever heard of the term of peak water? No. 
Is it like peak oil? Yeah, it's like peak oil, but it gets to the point where we start consuming more fresh water than we can produce for the population. I told you to buy water instead of those yeah. cans of soup. Well, we've already, in terms of that, should already hit peak water in terms of how the amount of fr- we can supply everyone with fresh water now, but we're not doing a sustainable rate because we're using non-renewable resources to create, you know, like artesian wells. Yeah. And Perth, we have a famously have a short water supply. We have um, mostly it comes from groundwater. We have a couple of dams, and now we've started using desalination plants. Um, but they they built wind farms to power the desalination plants. But obviously, desalination happens all the time, and wind. It's not always, although we are in one of the windiest areas in the world, sort of, as in terms of a consistent thing. We're not... It's still not permanent. So that's kind of... Sorry, I was looking at water usage stats. You got me looking up this peak oil stuff. Peak water stuff. Surely Um, Perth's way the opposite of... It's well away from peak water. Why? Because it's so dry, we've got so many people. Right, this is true. And we're pumping it out of the ground and we're taking it off the ocean. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's unlimited supply in the ocean, it's just you have to convert it to drinkable water. Yeah. In yeah. a sustainable way. Um, in, um, in, I think, Port Augusta in South Australia, have started like a seawater greenhouse where they create a greenhouse, they pump seawater in to create it humid, grow plants. Um, and then with the remaining seawater that becomes extra saline, they can use that to create salt and then export the salt. Because apparently we still import salt in Australia. Really? Yeah. And net, we're a net importer of salt. Hmm. All right, I'm back. What were we going to... I'm just scared about peak water. <laughs> yeah, peak water's terrifying, especially in Australia. We'll get all these desal plants going. Mm-hmm. Run on solar power and wind farms and tidal farms. We should kickstart the Great Inland Sea again. I was thinking about that. Uh, now, we were talking about remix culture. Um, there's another thing I was talking about. Is uh, um, You know how uh, you... What are your main forms of contact, Campbell? With humans? Yeah, like... What do you rely on for communicating with people? Yeah, like if you're if you're going for a new job or something like that, what do you, what information do you give someone to communicate? Oh, phone and email. Yeah, mobile phone and email address. Basically, the reason people do that is because they're a standard, right? Yeah. Um, if you give someone, if you say you're on Vodafone, um, it doesn't matter if the other person's on Optus, they can still call you, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, if if you're on Gmail and the other person's on Hotmail, they can still email you. Mm-hmm. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with our sort of latest form of communication, social media, is that it's your Twitter in. account can't talk to you, someone else's Facebook account with some 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 form of weird intermediary. Yeah. System. Yeah. There's no like standard. They're not universal, right? So these guys are getting together to create. Uh, a new standard that's, you know, the equivalent of a phone number and email for social media. And Isn't that not 
uh, isn't it the choice of Facebook and Twitter because they're effectively competing to not communicate with each other? That's why you have to have a thing to exactly. do Exactly. So these guys are creating a standard. But it's, it's called the, tent.io, right? And that's the standard. Um, and that's just a nerd thing you have to know, just like GSM for phones or e- email, IMAP and POP for email. And it allows people, basically any new business, to create their product based on this standard so that hopefully the next Facebook or Twitter uses a standard and will be interoperable with other you know, technology. Because basically what happens is that um, your Facebook account is locked to Facebook and you're... You're, you're screwed. Like, if they... All these pe- millions of people around the world, they just read a billion active users, okay? Mm. Active users in a billion people at least log in once a month, right? So, they even have more people that have just created random accounts or spam accounts and never gone back in, right? But they have a billion active users now. Um, billions of billions and billions of photos are being uploaded, right? Mm. And so many people to upload their photos and that's it, you know? And if Facebook dies or you know, you there's some weird thing and you get your account deleted by Facebook and boom, you've lost your, your data. You know, Facebook does have ways of getting it out, but even it's quite hard to get out. You'll be amazed at how hard it is to get your data out of Facebook. Uh, have you ever tried to do that before? You have to take a quiz, right? And they find all these photos in your social circle where people are tagged in. You have to match them up to their But names. they do that if you ever, if you ever go travelling. Yeah. And you try because you're constantly logging into Facebook from different computers, mm-hmm. like the hostel here. So this yeah. happened to me and Zoe when we're in Europe. They do that. They, they so you log in and it says, "Are you sure who you are?" So it comes with, up with a photo and someone who's tagged, and it says like, so say it's a picture of Campbell. It might be like, "Is mm. this Campbell White or James Pontifex or whoever?" Well, you hope so. That's not someone obscure yeah, on your so Facebook, or it's a photo exactly. from ten years ago that you don't recognize. A but you can do that. You need to pass like five of the the. the 10 or something mm. like that. I was really tried to do it and I failed. How did you fail? Because well, all the people were like, they're <laughs> actors or whatever that I you have on my account and I don't... Oh, actual... Oh, so actor friends, you mean? Yeah. Not, not Facebook, not, not just, actors. Just, <laughs> just to like tag you <laughs> no, no. with photos and stuff. You know, people that I have on there for business reasons rather than person reasons, you know. I guess. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't mix those two, yeah. though. That's your first But that's surely it, people Facebook are using Facebook as a standard, and it's not, right? Mm. There's not, Facebook is not a standard. Email is, and people message me to do something on Facebook, and it's you're, you're stuck being controlled by this one company. Um, anyway, so this is the idea of Tent.io. So I've signed up Fangin' Around. You can find us at fangaround.tent.is. Tent.is is the first um, service that uses this standard. Cool. And we're the first uh, podcast. We possibly up. are, yeah. Fangaround.tent.is. Join it, Fred. Yeah, I'll keep I'm it. On it. Never on the Twitter bandwagon, maybe you'll... I'm a big fan of standards, yeah. so I'm Get there. on the tent, tent bandwagon. Yeah, help I'll, us and I'll pitch your it. tent. Yeah, I was yeah. say, I was pitch a tent, Fred. No is that, is that their slogan? It's tent 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 pitching. Pitch a tent. Pitch yeah. I'm just busy pitching, sorry. Sure. Pitching, tying down stakes, all that stuff. So I watched a documentary, I think it was last night, uh, which I know both of you have seen, but I haven't. Uh, Louis in the brothel. Louis Thoreau. Yep. Oh. Did you like it? I did. I did. Did you watch the follow-up? I haven't watched the follow-up yet. No. And is there a follow-up to the brothel? Possibly. Or maybe in his I, book. maybe it's the book. Yeah, I, I in his book. Yeah. book. Yeah. He, fo- he follows up with some of them. 
Yeah, that was kind of... Wasn't there... There was mostly just one really intense lady, right? Yeah, who really liked him. Yeah, Yeah. she really did like him. He wanted to bang her. Yeah. But he could But he was, like, married or something. He would have, though. Was he engaged? You know it. He gets around. Louis gets around. You heard it here first. You see him at the swinging party. Yeah, I saw that. That was not pleasant. (laughs) But yeah, I haven't seen any of his new... He brought out a new series this year, didn't he? I haven't seen Yeah, it was on... Oh, I don't know. This is probably a bit ridiculous to say. It was on, like, not as interesting topics. Such as? <laughs> this is going to sound awful. Autistic children. So, not... Not... Because I really like... Not liked, as salacious. I, I really like those ones. I like the brothel one, the bodybuilding one, and all the other ones. Because it was light... Cosmetic surgery. Yeah, it was light entertainment. And these people are... A bit weird, but usually they choose to be weird, so that's mm. how they've chosen to live their life, and I can laugh at them, and it's funny. And but if it's an autistic child, it's I just think that's a bit sad for everyone. So I don't really know. Have you seen a show where he's, he did like local English celebrities? No, I've got all those ones of those DVDs you lent me. Yeah, and uh, but it's like he's like interviewing people like Bert Newton or. What was the guy that did the weather in Perth ages? Like Peter Holland, who did the news on ABC. People that no one outside of England... I mean, it's not a criticism, because I'm sure he's creating... It's good in England. Recognising his culture that he grew up in. So What, um... Now, you guys... So, I watched that. And I remembered you guys... I watched another show, which made me think of you two and Harry. Because I think you guys have been mentioning another show just called Louis. Oh, yeah, Louis C.K.'s show, yeah. Louis C.K. I watched a bit of that. He's a comedian. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, so Louis C.K. Yeah, Louis Thoreau is the BBC journalist. I know Louis Thoreau. Louis C.K. is a... Louis or Louis? But there was another show I watched called Pineapple Dance Studio. Have you watched that? No. Watch... That it's about a famous dance studio in England, in London, um, and it produces lots of primarily pop dancers. So it supplies backup dancers and dancers for video clips, essentially, and some musical theatre and things. It's a TV series. It is a TV series. It now, if you're not interested in dance, that's fine. Um, it's not really about that. But there's a guy in it called Louis. Louis Spence. I'm on the wiki article. <laughs> Holy shit. He's just about the funniest guy ever. He's just like one of those ridiculously over-the-top hyper-gay guys. <laughs> and he was in Cats. And he's just go all the time. And the show's worth watching just for him. And then after that show finished, he got his own show. Which I'm really excited <laughs> to catch because I could watch him forever. He's just amazing. So, yeah, if you want to watch, it's on ABC at the moment. ABC iView, you can probably catch up or through other means, I don't mm. know. Um, but I think episode three, four are hilarious combinations of episodes. And it follows some of the dancers and performers and things and, you know, just funny stuff. Have you joined the Honey Boo Boo bandwagon? I don't really understand what that is. I don't know what that is. Uh, apparently, it's a spin-off, spin-off of Toddlers and Tiaras and basically... One family they found that people just loved. They've following them as a family, and I guess it's kind of like the Gadashians, but instead of rich snobby people, it's rednecks <laughs> trying to milk their children. Yeah, but yep. it's sort of it's yeah. it's the next 
Jersey Shore, basically. Nah, no, I find that stuff children. Though. I find that stuff really unsettling. Oh, this is intolerable. I don't think there's a torrent of this. I'm of checking what? for a friend, but <laughs> of what? <laughs> a pineapple dance. Well, I, it's on ABC iPlayer, oh, so you can you, at least watch it. Hooray! That could be legal. Some guy just emailed me, wanted me to look that up. There's some. Um, I know there's some stuff on YouTube, but it's not as good. Have you guys been watching Doctor Who? No. No. All right. I don't really like Doctor Who. I've said this Neither before on paper. You no. think I'd be a huge fan? English geek. Dits, except not English. And not I love either. keeping up to date with. I love reading about the Doctor Who mythology, and I love keeping up to date with what's going on in Doctor Who. But whenever I sit down and watch an episode, I'm just like, this isn't doing it for me. So in theory, I love Doctor Who, but in practice, I really don't. Yeah. But I kind of, I kind of. Uh, voiced my opinions on Facebook and Twitter about it and had some people sort of, um, you know, kind of disown me over that. And I and I kind of think I reached a point where I was like, I must be doing this wrong, you know? There must be something to it. So I've watched a few more episodes and I think I've caught a few good ones and there are yeah. still the really, really, really bad episodes where but I'm just But I think like, it's one of those shows because the one episode of Doctor Who I did watch, it was really, really good. It was like these statues that every time you're not looking at them, they move. Yeah, the weeping angels. Right? And it yeah. was terrifying. Yeah. And I was like, wow. That was a, but then- it was so obviously a one because the start it was just completely... It was just like a little movie, you know, yeah. completely self-consistent within his thing. But, but then there's ones like where there... You know, there was one I, w- I caught a few weeks ago where there was like a cyborg cowboy in a Wild West town and it was just so fucking stupid. That's like so bad. Been. It's always been... Just weird. It's almost like there's the mythology. It's like with the Exiles. There's the mythology episodes, and then there's the monster of the week ones. Mm. And I think the Weeping Angels actually became more of a thing. Like they became a reoccurring villain. So uh, okay. Or and I hate the ones where they go back and they hang out with Shakespeare or Vincent Van Gogh and think. I just hate those episodes so much. But um, I've yeah, I've sort of I've sort of I think narrowed down my laser of what I like about Doctor Who. So it's the mythology episodes and I do like them. There's a period in primary school where it was my favourite show and I knew more about it than Star Wars, like I knew every detail and stuff like that. Wow. Um, this is with Tom Baker and it's it's almost like a part of my brain that's just disappeared. You know, I rec- can recall all sorts of weird stuff from my childhood, but the Doctor Who phase. Some, someone just said the other day, it was talking about Sonic Screwdriver, and I'm like, this is like deja vu, what's a Sonic Screwdriver? I'm like, yeah. So apparently there's a petition to bring Doctor Who down under. So the Federal Minister for Dawson, George Christensen. Your mum's obviously listening. <gasps> Hello, Mrs. White. <laughs> no, maybe she's not. Maybe she's just letting me know that Pineapple oh. Dance Studio is on right now because my, my mum is a huge fan. She got me onto Pineapple Dance Studio. So if we wanted, we could call this podcast quits and go watch Pineapple Dance Studio before we go. So good night, dear listener. Good night. We've got to watch TV. We've got to go watch TV. <laughs> Late night television. Um, yeah, don't forget. I haven't put it on the website yet, but remember, we're on tent.is. We're pitching. Fangingaround.tent.is. <laughs> we're pitching a tent on there. Go to fangingaround.com. Go to the listen mail segment. Send us an email. Send us an audio boo. Send us everything. Message. Yeah. Mailback. Fan mail. Fan mail. Uh, join uh, Willie Rocket and... Uh, Bashir Kavur and sent us in um, and that mystery, we actually have some stuff that I'm going to save it for next week yeah we've been a bit bits pieces here but we'll be back for a while yeah I'd say so why not Fred goes to Colorado yep um, 
So um, Harry might even Skype in uh, in a couple of weeks because he'll be back we'll in see. Scotland. Like. That's right. So if you want to hear some sweet sounds of trucks <laughs> roaring out um, of Scottish If your name window. is Jacinta Del Hayes and you want to be on this podcast, go approach Fred. At, uh, you guys apparently har- har- hang out all the time, but Fred, you got to bite the bullet. And uh, we've got to create a star. We're going to create... She's going to be the Neil deGrasse Tyson of Australia. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you later. Okay. Bye.